It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Divine Mind Group Community Call in Orion Mind School of the Prophets. I'm Jim Davis, your moderator. Today is Sunday, the 22nd of February, 2015. Tonight's speaker is Gary Ray, which is also known as the White Wolf. And whenever y'all ready, brother. Yeah, I was just kind of wrapping my head around the day and the night and I um, had a unique uh, glitch I really believe it's software and that new computer I just had built and uh, and it started uh, shaping up as a screen blank and um, it didn't you know white out or anything like that it was kind of like a color shift in the blank or something and they had updated my software this over the last week or so and so that may be where the rub's coming in but uh i carried it in friday and uh, excuse me i figured did have it done saturday but as the man said i did figure wrong and uh so i'm just winging it on the telephone and uh jim any comments you'll have to take care of on your end um Anything that you people got on your mind, I know uh, some of you, um, that one uh, deal I had sent out, um, um, you know, they always say it can't happen, but, uh, you know, here it is more or less. And um, a lot of people, it is amazing how little they know about what's going on around them. I mean, they're totally oblivious in many cases. Um, to what the situation is. They've just been dumbed down into this sheeple effect, you know, and the propaganda mode program till um, uh, everything's just hunky-dory. And, uh, excuse me, and um, um, they wanted to give solutions, you know, and I, I made a statement when I wrote back to this individual, my fellow, and um, I said the problem is is that they don't know enough for you to give them the answer because the answer is too damn simple and uh, that's the truth of it um, fear the only thing to have to fear is fear itself well that fear is the fear of themselves they're afraid to look into those realms because it messes up their paradigm of thought and um, um, it's like a man that feels impoverished because that individual keeps his mind on the impoverishment. He uh, looks at everything out there that is went wrong, gone wrong, and he cannot lift his eyes up to walk through the hype and the breath of a new land, a new idea, a new concept of wealth. He uh, 
wants that uh, change to occur, uh, you know, immediately. And um, it's like, uh, you know, a garden. Uh, some seeds, they'll come up real quick. And uh, it may take um, 38 to 45 days, you know, to get a crop of certain stuff. And uh, other things, it may take 120, 160, even 180 days sometimes. And then yeah. some things you plant it uh, this year, and uh, uh, it may not come up and even start its growth process till next year. But anyway, I heard you say something, Jim. Go ahead. That was me, uh, Gary. Uh, the thought is still manifesting. Yeah, uh, they have to have time and realize the principle. And uh, if they can keep their eye off of the situation that is all around them that they're affected by right now, if they can lift up their eyes and put it on a higher and better thing, the thing they would like, instead of what they see, you know, on the right and the left and front and the rear, then that will disappear. But... uh, People say it can't be that easy. It is that easy. And see, that scenario is with Naaman, um, who was the Assyrian commander. Uh, when he went, uh, he had heard that the prophet Elijah was in Egypt, I mean in uh, Israel. And see, the land of Israel is the land of those that have the power of a God. That's what Israel means. That's why it says all Israel's not Israel. There's a lot of folks saying that they're of the tribes of Israel. And shit, they ain't no more Israel than man in the moon because of the fact they have to develop and open the gate to their own high self and gain the power of a God in manifestation and operation. Um, another case in point, and the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in him bodily. If the fullness of the Godhead don't dwell in you bodily, don't worry about it. You cannot do what a son, a S-U-N, a S-O-N, or any other N can do. I mean, it, it's that simple. Brother. And uh, But the uh, Syrian commander there is literally the one that shot the arrow at a venture and, and killed Ahab. The repercussions of his action had to come back because he had touched the anointed. See, when you touch one that's in a place that they have got certain thoughts and ideas, you you have to be careful what you're doing because you're touching what even in your mind you may consider as a set-apart one. And um, so uh, in the case of the leprosy, uh, he had to go wash in the Jordan. He had to wash seven times, the seven chakras. Uh, the Jordan, in uh, certain uh, metaphysical language, if you break it down, it's talking about the race consciousness. It has every aspect of, uh, of uh, you know, uh, dirt, minerals, vitamins. It has everything in it, good or bad or indifferent, is in that yeah. Jordan. It's like Brother. a dividing line. And so as they begin to see into this, um, uh, Naaman stormed off and uh, Naaman, the serpent man. Well, we're the serpent man. A human is a light serpent man. That's what a Adam is. And a Adam is not a physical man and a physical woman. It is a species of, of individuals called the Adam. And uh, see, this is the thing. That's, that's the principle that's hid in the knowledge of the Cherokee corn with all the colors is on one cob. See, a lot of people, they cannot deal with that. 
I mean, uh, uh, it's it's kind of like, you know, well, we can have daylight, but goddamn, we're not going to have dark. Well, I got news for you. You can't have daylight all the time. If you do, you're going to starve to death because your plants are not going to grow uh, correctly. Uh, uh, everything else, uh, somebody said, well, they have six months of uh, daylight and six months of dark, so to speak, up on the in, in the Arctic or, uh, or in the Antarctic. Well, that is true, but that is due to a tilt in the axis of the planet in its circuit uh, following the sun in a spherical motion. And yet, we're spherical. See, there's linear light, straight line. 
the old imperial uh, Calcasieu Parish uh, into five parishes now. And uh, you're under a military grid control system here. And you really are everywhere all over the country. That's why you have that military flag, that ensign flying in their courts. Um, they, they have brought the land of the sea uh, and uh, the international law merchants contract law under summary judgments court-martial. They have brought it um, in into and on the land. And then uh, they've even redefined it. See, they've retained the right to write the procedure. They'd write the law any way you want it. But as long as they write the procedure, um, is can be a jackass or it might be a doorway. And so it just depends. That's why in some cases you'll notice, and I, I read one where a law professor uh, was just, he fought the state attorney general in Texas to a standstill and won. And um, it uh, the, he wrote it in such a way that um, even the attorney general couldn't figure out that he'd got his ass whipped in court. And so he'd come back before the Texas uh, Supreme Court and uh, he was filing charges against this individual because uh, um, he had not paid the fee. And uh, the judge read the uh, deal, and um, he uh, called uh, this individual and the attorney general up to the bench. And he said, sir, he said, uh, I hate to inform you of this, but I think it would be advisable if you would apologize to this individual because you lost the original case. And you could see that attorney general, he almost hit the floor. But how he done it was, uh, he took and he said, divine is, divine too, divine what. I mean, there was like 10 or 15 words there that were just normal, everyday type of words. He wanted them to divine those words because he knew like is, 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 and is, is, is. You can make is anything you want. It's arbitrary and can be capricious. Yes. Gary? Yes. They, they still cannot get on the line. My suggestion would be reboot, okay, and access through another server. Copy? <laughs> well, but see, like where I'm at, you can only access through one server. <clears throat> anything over in this part. Matter of fact, when you come into Deweyville, uh, if you don't have a certain phone company, do not worry about it. AT&T, um, um, and track phones, none of them will work in a certain area in Deweyville. Well, we do have audio, brother. It, it, um, some people are getting it, and then a few of them are not. They said they're their machine is buffering and things. So it's not well, on our... They may have to reboot, as Rocco is telling them. Uh, it just depends. I mean, sometimes that's true. I've noticed uh, my daughter is a system designer, more or less, and uh, a network spec for um, a big company in San Antonio. And she told me, she said, Dad, I know they recommend um, leaving the computer running. She said, but I am here to tell you from what I've seen with virus protecting everything, it is more advisable for you to kill your computer uh, at night when you're not using it and then reboot it the next morning. 
she said, because uh, even during the day in attacks and stuff like that, and besides, if you have uh, a cookie cleaner on there, it'll knock all of that cookie crap out, and uh, you won't have that messing with your startup and so forth. And um, so I started doing it, and, man, I've, I've had tremendous success doing that. And um, she was down on viruses. She said, I wouldn't use any virus protection. She said, I'd use just what Microsoft's got on it. And uh, so she turned all that on. And uh, so far, it seems to be working well. I know that they've done the same thing uh, on the one I had or I gave to Shawnee because, see, we put all new drives in it. Uh, a Samsung solid state for the, uh, um, you know, the op fields and. Uh, then she's got a, a Western Digital uh, terabyte that is for, uh, you know, her secondary file system. And then she's got a Toshiba terabyte backup that's external. So, um, you know, I mean, um, so far everything's worked fine, and all the virus protects show that everything's working. But, see, uh, the NSA has put in a program uh, at the manufacturers for a list of these different hard drives. And um, in the root uh, system of the computer uh, hard drive itself, they have a virus switch in there that they can turn off and on to contaminate, to wipe out, to infect, to kill a machine. And um, since it's antecedent, it's prior to uh, your normal op systems coming up and so forth, and your uh, antiviruses, they cannot detect it. And uh, something happened somehow or another that one of the specs at uh, one of the main companies happened to realize what was happening. And uh, so they started doing the research, and lo and behold, uh, all the new drives and stuff were coming from the factory already pre-infected. Even though they were cleaned and had not been uh, and had not been um, uh, formatted, if you use a root program, you can get rid of that. It's a new sophisticated malware. Yeah, I understand, it, but it's coming from the company, uh, NSA, etc. Copy. I thought I heard Justin in there. Swamp Shaman, were you in there? This is where I am. I said that if you use a rootkit program, which are free on the Internet, you know, Casper Ski has one, and uh, you can run that, and it'll, it'll clean out anything that's on the bar, you know, hidden. Well, you know, I understand what if, you're saying. If you have a wireless, I, yeah, if you have a wireless computer or any uh, modem you, yourself, Instead of shutting the computer down at night, just unplug the connection to the modem, and it keeps it offline. Well, that doesn't really stop them. They don't need you to have an Internet cable hooked to your unit. If you're plugged into AC, they can walk in your system. I'm just telling you right now. Um, like it, lumpy, win, lose, or draw. And uh, the program that I'm talking about that comes in the pre-manu- or the new manufactured hard drives um, a normal type of uh, any type of special fire system will not get it because it comes in after uh, whatever their root base is. They somehow put it in that root system, 
and before anything can kick online, your operating system, your uh, antiviruses and everything, it's already in there. It's built into the drive. <laughs> it's brand new stuff. I just found out about it about three or four days ago. Well, you better it was well find the old hard drives then. It I was just on the brand new hard drive. I just sure. put in uh, uh, two brand new Samsungs, one for her and one for me, and two brand new Western Digital uh, terabytes, uh, one for her and one for me, and um, everything's up and you know uh, Jody Blanc running good and so forth and so on. But um, I do know that they can bump the system, and uh, evidently they've done that because they've killed both of these, and everything shows that it's perfect. Copy, Gary. It was on the internet, uh, internationalrt.com. <laughs> yes, it was. It, this oh, that, this past ago. week. Yeah, oh, this past week it was on. Yes. <laughs> I, I told the people to go out and uh, reboot their machines and things, and because uh, a lot of them said they didn't have no audio, and I that's I don't know that. <laughs> Excuse me, folks, because it's not that's online. Well, God bless you. No, nobody has audio on the call, so it's not on everybody's part. It's got to be something going on. This is Gypsy, by the way. That's the server, yeah, isn't it? Or silver. How are you doing? Good looking. I'm pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing better, 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 and better. All righty. The only way to be. I've just about, I've cut that uh, hole in that uh, graph site by 50%, and I've got it uh, just a little bit of uh, of, uh, muscle is showing, uh, but the uh, epithelium is starting to fill in, and and the sub-base fatty tissue and so forth, sub-Q, and so it's closing in real, real good. Uh, that's some of that stuff that uh, Donna had given me and then I had ordered. And, um, man, that 03 salve is really good stuff. But, um, is that on your leg? Yeah, I, I've been putting it on my leg. And I had that spot where I got hit uh, on a tractor bush hog, and one day a limb come through into the cab and uh, hit me right dead in the middle or the end of my nose, you know, about maybe a maybe a half inch up from the tip of my nose. And mm-hmm. uh, I picked the wood out of it and went on. Oh, well, it's been 10, 10 years, and it hadn't healed. It just, you know, it'd kind of scab over, and then it'd clear up, and then it'd open back up again. And so uh, I went to have a, uh, an eye appointment, and uh, the guy, he just looked at me, and he said, you ought to kind of watch that spot on your nose. <laughs> well, I've been watching it. You know, it's kind of hard to look in the mirror and not see it. <laughs> and um, he uh, wrote on there that it looked like uh, it might be beginning basal cells, which would be like a type of a skin carcinoma. Well, I've been putting this stuff on it, the O3 hemp, the O3 sunflower, 
uh, 03 uh, olive oil. And, um, damn, it's just about gone away, and the tissue around it has even changed. So, I mean, it's all working to the good. But, uh, yeah, I I had been helping different ones, and uh, um, all of a sudden, you know, all my strength has started returning again. And um, consequently, I've been taking about 25 milligrams of that DHEA um, on a daily basis, you know, in between uh, normal... Well, let's see, I take um, a perosamide, which is like a water pill, and then I take, uh, but only 20 milligrams of that. I think standard dosage is 40. And uh, then I take what they call um, carvedilol, and um, 6.25 milligrams AM and PM, and so they'll send me a 12.5, and I just pop them in half, you know, and do it that but the DEA, um, I, I, I've noticed at times it does seem like it makes my ears ring a little bit, but um, I'm not sure if that um, is the change out. Um, it's like when you back off on certain medications, sometimes it takes two or three weeks gradually backing it down to get rid of it. And see, I've got rid of everything that they had me on except for these two. And... Um, but my muscle mass is coming back up. Um, um, you know, different things is happening um, just by the vitamin minerals and stuff like that that I'm taking. Um, um, I basically, I said, well, I'm going to see if the alcohol has anything to do with it. And so um, I, I think it's been oh, a couple of months anyway. And... Um, I did take today and put a little bit of brandy in some coffee, and that was it. That's the first time I had anything, and um, it's been a good uh, five, six. No, it's been longer than that. It's been a good two, maybe three months. Wow. And uh, but uh, I could tell a little difference in the breathing, but not enough to you know spit on. And um, my blood pressure has been you know really pretty normal. Um, and, um, matter it, uh, matter of fact, it even kind of stuns the cardiologist. He can't get over it. And then they done a, a couple of those echocardiograms and they just shake their head and said, damn, it's everything's wide open, you know? And so, um, uh, they don't know what happened. They still don't. They've never figured it out. They don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and I think, uh. I take uh, the medications uh, being vitamins, minerals, and good food. And uh, I really think that that's one of the main things. It's kind of like that book that Wade found for me from the vet, uh, Why Animals Don't Have Heart Attacks and Humans Do. And it was strictly um, a, a state of deficiency in certain vitamins and minerals. And once those were supplied, like the tachycardia, the arrhythmia, the vegetables, the ventricle uh, fibrillation, uh, you know, things like that began to disappear. And see, like, if you're taking D3, um, I wouldn't take calcium because you get enough of that anyway. And you can take women that, uh, let's say, have osteoporosis and put them on um, at least uh, 10,000 milligrams of, let's say, the vitamin D3 a day and give them um, uh, five 
thousand micrograms MCG of the K two vitamin, not K, not K one, not K three, but K two. That's the activator for the vitamin D that controls the dispersion of calcium in the muscles and in the musculoskeletal system. And uh, it will go to cleaning out blockages and arteries and veins. And you'll find some people, they'll have uh, arthritis, and it won't be in a joint, it'll be in a muscle. Because what happened is that uh, the body deposited that due to the fact the, uh, the K2 was not there to activate the controller mechanism for the disperse, dispersing and placement of, um, of the calcium throughout the body, and so it builds up. Um, and uh, like you'll, you'll see a lot of the young ladies, uh, they have really bad PMS and stress problems around their cycle time. Jack their B-complex up, give them potassium, and give them a good uh, 400, 450 milligrams of, uh, of a good magnesium uh, twice a day with about 50 milligrams of zinc. And hell, just about all of the cramps and stuff will just disappear. It's more of a nutrient, a mineral problem, I think. Yeah, that and bad food, you know, all the hormones in it and stuff. That's correct. See, like right now, a man told me today that they had stopped the last uh, raw dairy producer in this country. They shut them all down. One of them has been in business for years, a Mennonite farm. And um, uh, this guy from Oklahoma married into the Mennonite family, old uh, Brother Smith's daughter, and uh, he uh, uh, he was their head elder for that that Mennonite congregation up close to DeRitter. And uh, they went in and popped him for uh, selling raw milk, and um, he's selling off uh, the last of the seventy premium cattle that he's got um, and shutting the dairy down it's tip top number one I mean ultra modern and yet it's been in business for probably since the 20s at least maybe 30s and um, um, then uh, down the road there was a uh, another young uh, dairyman uh, Decker boys and um Whatever the government tells them to do, I mean, they jump too. They they Mennonites, but they big into following the government guidelines. And mm-hmm. um, they come in and told him he would either take and have and pasteurize all of his milk, uh, or they would shut him down. And he had just started rebuilding, and uh, so he instead of selling it out, he bought his own pasteurizer, and. Um, they uh, do their own pasteurization product, and people come and buy direct from him and, you know, get their cream and stuff like that. And so, um, I mean, other than that, they have shut down everybody unless you have your own cow. And and I, I saw a post that some guy is facing 10 years because he asked a question at a school board. <laughs> Oh, I don't doubt it. Uh, see, you, anything, anything. Um, if you ask a question about law enforcement, or you say or anything derogatory about law enforcement or the courts, now um, that is a terroristic act, and they have created a law uh, for uh, just such as that. 
And uh, see, people don't fully realize that uh, this this shit about search and seizure and warrants and stuff, that's all a piece of crap. I mean, let me tell you something. You're under a militarized law enforcement policy enforcement agency called police. And that's exactly what that damn term means. And it stands on a case called Erie Railroad versus Tompkins, uh, U.S. Supreme Court, 1938. And so here's the thing, okay? If you, uh, let's say I say something bad about you and I defame your character, uh, then you could lawfully sue me. Well, let's say if you use Islamic Sharia, you don't have to say anything against them. All you have to do is ask a question about their belief or whatever, or a question that they can't answer regarding that or that they don't want to think about, and that is defamation of character. There's no way for you to defend against that type of an argument. I was listening to uh, an Al Bielik video I'm going to send it to you. It's about time travel. Yeah, and check check out the names. Check out check out the names of the businesses. That's all I'm going to say about it. Very interesting, and it goes along with the Georgia Guidestones and all that. But the the companies behind it in the future were very telling, so to speak. Well, um, I knew Al. Um, uh, We'd sit and talk, and I'd give him some information on certain legal actions he could do. But um, um, see, if you go back to uh, JPL Jet Propulsion Laboratories, you're uh, really going to uh, Jack Parson Labs. If you go to uh, ET Corporation, that's Extraterrestrial Corporation, and that's where your surface barrier transistor chips came in at. Um, Now you have to understand what surface and what barrier. And, um, I mean, uh, there's different kinds of names in all of these situations that are affiliated with some of these special projects, control, um, with DARPA and different things. And uh, see the, uh, like NASA. NASA, instead of being uh, National uh, Aviation Space Administration or Aeronautics and Space, should be called Nazi Aeronautics and Space Administration. Oh, God. Because that, they were the ones that really created Werner von Braun was formerly an SS officer uh, in the Third Reich. And so under Paperclip, you brought this crap box, loads of people over here. Oberman uh, in, uh, in in rocketry and uh, different things. He, he was a Nazi. Uh, if you go back to H.W. Bush, uh, him and his daddy were tied right back to, to Hitler himself. So, I yes. mean... You know, I mean, uh, when you start dealing with some of this stuff, uh, they've had uh, flying saucers since World War II. And uh, anybody that tells you no, they're crazy as hell. They just do not know. And uh, the B-wings and the flying Bs and the flying diamond pattern, um, those are all patterns that were designed uh, by Nazi aeronautics and aviation people. Um, This new aircraft that they've had that... uh, they took and basically um, um, they they just stayed airborne for a long, long period of time, and it's unmanned. Uh, you need to stop and think about uh, who designed that type of aircraft. And so um, if you couldn't go through 
uh, let's say, a special type of net that is around the planet, but you could use uh, artificial technology, you know, synthetic, uh, mechanical, etc., and AI-type technology, and you could uh, go through uh, that barrier system that's out there, um, and uh, they would quit screwing around with HARP and the uh, high-altitude rural resonance phasing system, uh, the antennas and amplifying it because they can punch out over 3.6 billion watts, way beyond anything they ever said, and then they've got the grid. But what they were doing was warming up the atmosphere and focusing in that, trying to open up a hole through that grid pattern. Through the and basically, they're, 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 taking, they're basically messing with the Earth energy, and that's who we are connected to. We are children of, we're yeah. not children of the sun. We're children of the earth. And when they do all that stuff, we cannot access our, our true being, so to speak. You know what I mean? Well, we, yeah, see, in reality, we're both sun and earth. Uh, we're earth in the sense that our physical body, but that spirit aspect is that light frequency aspect. And uh, that's that's the difference in us. That's why we're called the human. And the human meant like if you said you were a Levite priest in Israel, you were saying you were a serpent priest. That's what that term means. So if you were a dragon master with the Druids, you were a serpent master, a serpent priest. It didn't mean a bad thing. It meant that they were those that had the knowledge of the spiraling light energy. And that's why the 144,000... Is that the day of Pentecost in the in the New Testament? It's because 144,000. While that's eight in numerical uh, uh, circular motion, 143.7 is the spherical motion of light in a circular pattern, and it's faster than linear straight line. And then uh, you have thought. Well, how fast is thought? Well, when you think it, it is. And right. see, this is the difference as you begin to go into these different levels of mind and being, and people yeah. start realizing what's really in those scriptures. When they start realizing, hell, man, you're the God. You're literally the God. You just got to wake up to it in order to use it, do it, and be it. That's what it cooks down to. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I was looking at my screen. I'm on the phone. And on my screen it says, to help protect your security, Internet Explorer has blocked this website from displaying content with a certificate error. Okay? Click here to uh, for options. But that's here and over there. I was thinking, and we, you were talking about thought. Because thought is energy in the speed of light, 186 miles, 1,000 miles per second or whatever Let's all put our energy on the connection, okay? We really can communicate without this being. But we I, can I understand. We can also I, understand. I, I understand that, Rocco. Wait a minute. I understand what you're saying. But we can't get these people to fly the goddamn shuttle until we teach them how to walk, so to speak. I mean, you understand okay. what I'm saying? They can't build an empire yes. state building until they learn how to pitch a pup tent. And and, gotcha. and this is where the rub is coming in. See, I mean, all those people are wanting to jump ahead. Well, that wanting to jump ahead is really affecting. All you got to do is start seeing 
the people thinking that way, seeing them acting that way. As you do that, the mind begins to create the uh, the mathematical equations to link uh, uh, into this special space-time continuum, creating the uh, scalar wave types of thought that uh, uh, in this circular pattern operate in water because we're basically 80 to 90% water. So as we think and we do, we move on the scalar thought system. And uh, this is really what's encoded all through the scriptures. It's just that people have been so used to listening to this and they'll get hung up in the in the dead gum dictionaries and in the literal way of looking at it. It's kind of like that deal they've had on, uh, what's it, LPB? No, it must be 7-2. I think it's the Lake Charles Channel uh, on 7-2. And uh, it was the case with Spencer Tracy and another guy, but it was a... Uh, uh, Colonel uh, um, uh, Brady and uh, a Colonel Drummond, and Drummond was played by Spencer Tracy. And this guy was, uh, Brady was so dead gum literal with the scripture that uh, when he, he just kept backing himself into a corner. I mean, uh, they literally was six days of creation, you know, six physical days. Ain't no way in hell. Because even your thought process doesn't do that. It tells you that I am he that was, that is, and that shall or is yet to come. And yet, as you begin to look at that, you see that the long-suffering part is in there. Why the long-suffering? Because it's telling you that there is a space of time in matter for the mutation and the leavening of the thought process to occur so that the physical man and the matter natural state can vibrate to the higher state and learn how to use this higher state of mind and being. Now, once that is occurred, that man can now go back and enlighten that conscious mind and strengthen it and build up its belief structure so that it now is enlightened to a state that it knows its higher self and what the potential or capabilities are, and it can now direct and act as if it is the God in physical, natural matter. And that is what mind control is all about. Because uh, every thought system that there is, every methodology of creation is dealing with this core issue. You want to be an alchemist? That's what you got to learn. They found out at, uh, at the Fat Boy and the Manhattan Project that they could take matter and they could convert it to energy. But the fact of it is, is that you have to learn to take energy and convert it to matter. And in order for you to do that, you have to do that from a position called thought. Gary, which gives me a thought, and I've been thinking about for the last week, the collider that they have in Switzerland that is breaking down even the nano into, I can't even tell you, I've got to look at it a few more times for understanding. Yeah, you're yes. talking about CERN. Yeah, yes. you're talking about CERN. Yeah, yes. go ahead. That's CERN. That's the CERN project. Yes, that is, hey, that is beautiful. In my mind, I just haven't manifested the, and developed the end, but something is coming in thought. Well, everything that they can do artificially. They're only mimicking what the potential of a human being is naturally 
or has it's been. It's natural ability. They're mimicking that. And this is the two sides. When you deal with Enki and EA and Enlil, you're looking at the two sides. One was heavier into the psychic, the mental knowledge that could govern and manipulate matter, and that's why he was the greatest scientist, Enki EA. On the other side, though, it was everything was control, possession, artificial intelligence, uh, electronic type of uh, uh, thought processes, an external oriented system. And so you see that played out in the building of the two, I mean, of the Adam uh, being a male and a female because both genetic structures are within each individual entity. Otherwise, you would not have thought. Uh, that's the reason that a snake can move. It's because it undulates back and forth, a left and right movement. But from that position, it takes and it, it already knows where it is, but it's, it's charting from a, a right and a left, a boxing of the compass, so to speak, to a, a knowing where you are at in the third position and an angulation into the fourth so that you can move. And that's how they do it at sea with ships. That's how they do it in, in, in space and stuff uh, if they're moving. Or at high altitude, they're uh, they're they're using coordinates. Um, uh, I mean, anyway. You know, I think I think we do a lot of this stuff um, unconsciously. You know, we yes. access yes. it, yes. and there really yes. are not. Yes. It's hard to put it in words. It is. Absolutely. You know, oh, usually, like when I when I really need something. There's something that happens inside of me, and I can't even verbalize it. But, but then yeah. something shifts, and I get what I want. You know. Yeah. Um, but see, you you come to a place that you're noticing that, and what occurs, and what it feels like when you can think that way and make it happen. Okay, right. Let's but don't ask me in- how. To, don't ask me how I do it. No, no, you I understand. But I, I understand what you're saying, but what I'm saying is that let's say that you continue to go and expand that knowing, and then you begin to observe what it is. As you begin to observe more and more, and it begins to happen more and more, you're building the dictionary of definitions and application that if you take this way, you do this, this occurs, this, blah, 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 blah. You're learning to access that divine nature. See, that's why it says they exercised their senses by reason of use. One, they had to know it. Then they had to begin to learn to deal with the mind. And see, that's why they were so afraid of of, uh, of William H. Reich was because, one, he was a psychologist. He was a great protege of, uh, of, uh, of Carl Jung. Now, <laughs> excuse me, and uh, the other aspect of it, is that he was also into lights and vibrations and sound systems. Well, damn, that was a threat to the uh, uh, weather control system because he could disperse thunderstorms and claps and cause them rain to come. So, hell, he had a, he had a synthetic way of, uh, of building a, a cloud presentation for rain, snow, or whatever. Well, they were scared to death of that because, see, that's a weaponization. That there would take and uncover and reveal what they secretly they thought they were doing. And right now it acts just like somebody is using a weather uh, war machine against the northeast part of the United States. Yeah. That's exactly what it acts like is going on. Well, yeah. the next thing was that he realized 
that sexuality and the orgasmic energy that could be channeled, focused, released, etc., in sex, you could cure any disease that there is, any disease, any state of uh, ill harmony. Once you taught them how and you brought them to those places, they could heal. Goddamn, they don't want that known. Hell, that put them out of business. They'd be scared to death of you because then you'd know no weapon truly formed can prosper against you because they would know that if they tried to build something that that divine mind inside of you, you had learned how to access, and by thought, you could dismember, take apart, dissolve. You could you could remedy any situation that they came to pass with. They had no weapon. Nothing Jerry, could come against you. Yes. What I have, what I'm developing in mind and thought, is a concept of what was, is in manifesting. In well, see, depending on how you say, okay, I am he that was. What do you mean? I am the individual that thought this process in the beginning of, let's yes. say, an event or a situation that's occurring in my life. I am also... He that is, because I am experiencing this thought as it's manifesting right here and now. And I am the continuum of that. So I am Boaz, I can conceive of the thing, and I am Yakin, I can sustain, manifest, bring it to pass, and dissolve it. That's the cycle. Stay focused. I agree. My wife. My wife asked me, she said, what you ever going to talk about? I said, I don't know. <laughs> she said, what do you mean you don't know? It's just going to be the same thing, rehash from a different direction? I said, not necessarily. She said, well, it's got to be the same thing. I said, if you're saying it as the mind, uh, then I'd have to say yes. It'd be a rehashing of certain aspects of the mind and how it operates. Because remember, God is a spirit, so God is a mind. Now, you got one, I got one, and uh, see, that's what messes them up uh, when they'll talk about the, uh, he uh, went out and sent out the, uh, the 70 and the 12 two by two. Whoa, he done told you a mechanism for reformatting the mind right there, the 70 by 12 or uh, with the 12 two by two. 70 days, 12 faculties of thought, married together, 24 orders of the priesthood. He's telling you how to think and, and what to do to go out and take and uh, cast out devils. Well, what is a devil? It is an unclean state of mind. It is a state of mind where somebody does not know something correctly and their belief and their emotion is so damn strong that they're empowering that error and that error is acting out as if it is a demon in their life and yet it's really the fear and the thoughts that they have within themselves and they're kicking their own ass and it's that simple. Entailing themselves with a negative thought. That's it. They're holding up the unclean thing. They can't get away from it because they keep looking at it. That's why they have the news. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they have to what? The news, the media. That's what the media is for, to keep your mind on all the atrocities that are happening. And That's it. That's their propaganda mill. So they create the problem. They cause the confusion by what they teach. And then they've already got the solution, but they're going to let you choose it. It's either or, Republican or Democrat. All both sides are assholes. 
Right. A Constantine teaching. Yes, that's it. Hegelian dialectic. Mm-hmm. Problem, uh, <laughs> you know, etc. Solution. Same damn hey, scenario. Hey, hey, Gary, Michael Joseph here. Um, shalom to everyone here on the group. I, I wanted to ask you a question if I could. Yeah, go ahead. Um, well, you know, all last week I I devoured the last week's conversation over and over. I must have listened to it four times. And uh then going through the scriptures and and I found where Abraham and Lot were together and he and Lot goes down to the carnal mind. Lot goes down to Sodom and you know, Abraham says, Go your way and then yeah. In my opinion, Abraham goes up, up up in the mountain. You know, he comes into the spiritual realm of consciousness, and and then there in that spiritual realm, he is told, "Look to the north, look to the south, the east, and the west, and all you see will be yours. It's all yours." Yeah. And, and, you know, what that's telling me is that there in the mountain, in the cave, the cleft of the rock, whatever you want to call it, you know, in this higher realm of consciousness where emotion has to be shut out, emotion and fear and greed and lust and all these men of Sodom have to be shut out. They can't, they can't come into this place. And so today, you know, I was sitting there and I did that. I was sitting by myself for about 30 minutes and I just kind of shut everything down and and I told my body I was seeking the mind of Christ, and that uh, I asked uh, asked the Father, I said, you know, I'm asking for bread. I want to come up into the upper room to eat that unleavened bread to enjoy the Passover together. And and, and really kind of a wild thing happened, and this is what I want to share, and I I don't know exactly if, um, I don't know what the meaning of it is, but... um, Like, I went through this kind of, like, this sensation almost as if I was, like, you know, flying. And uh, and uh, and then, you know, um, everything kind of turned green in front of my uh, my eyes. It was like, my eyes were closed, but everything was green. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is wild, you know. No, you, you, hit, you hit the door for the Shaman Gate experience. That there is the great Roy G. Bibb. It's the center entry. That's why many shamans wear green coats or green, uh, you know, uh, uh, shoulders. Green wear. Go ahead. Well, I mean, that's the thing is that um, I think I told you a while back that I had an experience um, after what you guys were just talking about a minute ago where um, where right in the center of my forehead I saw this uh, toroid that started off as um, – like a yellowish orange, and then it and then it turned bright, searing white, and I mean it was searing white, right in the middle yeah. of my forehead. And um, and when I opened my eyes, um, I literally it was just like lightning flashes, you know. I closed my eyes again, and I'm telling you, I felt like I was a dead man. I couldn't move. And and you know I went I went to the Bible here lately, Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verse one, verse two and three. You know, um, Paul writes, "I knew a man fourteen back, whether he was alive or dead, I couldn't tell you." You know, in the body, or out of the body, or out of the body, I couldn't tell you. 
<laughs> and that was what it was kind of like today. I mean, I'm telling you, I got to this point where I couldn't tell you. I mean, I literally, I couldn't tell you. Every time some kind of thought tried to creep in, I commanded it. I said, get out. Get out. You can't come in here. And, you know, any time I thought to uh, get out, and then eventually it was kind of this wild thing. I just felt like, you know, I'm just kind of, like I said, it was almost like I was flying, man. It was really just kind of strange. Um, But I just trusted. I said, you know, the word says if you ask all you fathers, if if your son asks you for bread, you're going to give him a serpent, you know going to give him a scorpion if he asks you for an egg, you know what I mean? So, I mean, no, you're going to give him bread. And I asked, I said, I want the mind of Christ, and I, you know, and I want to go there, and I want to eat that unleavened bread. And I kept asking, you know, because, and then I read Good a story asking. last week. You already um, asked. Good asking. Just start giving well, thanks for it. So you have to call the thing you desire into being. You have to call it as it is. If you keep asking to get it, you can't have it because you're saying in your confession that you don't have it. That's why you're asking. But let the blind say, I can see. The lame say, I can walk. And the dumb say, I can talk. They weren't asking, but yet they were asking. It's the type of ask that we have to do. See, and if you get in this realm, you'll learn to gain enough control that you can literally be the God, the creator I am, in the beginning, because you will know the root law of creation, and your thought will be the thing. Whatever you see at that state, you have that authority, that power has been given to us from the beginning. But they have sought to keep man from knowing that, because in his unregenerative state, man, they didn't know what would happen. It would, you know, they could use it anyway. And I have seen people that had great abilities. But it was a good thing that they could not use them at that time because they would have just destroyed people just out of, I want my way, you know, their will. Yes. And uh, I noticed that you made the statement, you kept knocking uh, emotion down. You'll get to a point, though, that uh, as you wear the green shirt in the mind, you're at the center point of healing. Healing in green, you've already ascended the passion of the red, the orange, and the yellow. But at the green now, you can go into the blue and the indigo and the violet. And as you begin to go to those levels, you realize that from the root chakra at red to the violet chakra at the crown, that that is the seven basic colors of the rainbow of white light. And so it's just what aspect of white are you using? Um, Just like uh, they'll say these people are polytheistic and they're really not. It's just that they're explaining or looking to a particular aspect or characteristic within the totality of what they conceive of as the... <laughs> Excuse me. The ultimate, infinite uh, uh, type of deity that's everywhere present and can do anything. And so you, we are ascending. We're going to that level. If we're sons, we have to be just like the living light itself. But we have to take and walk up this ladder 
uh, of Jacob, the changer, the supplanter. We have to alter these different levels until we're in the upper room. We have the fullness of the law impregnated and inside the Ark of the Covenant, and we're setting on it because in reality the true Ark is a symbol just like it was in Egypt. It's a symbol of your butt sitting down uh, with the uh, three lobes of energy like in Baphomet, the Asmodai, the goat, um, and you've got the two horns of power where Moses had two coming out of his head, and yet if you see um, Indra's wife, uh, she has a horn of power coming out of the right rear lobe of the brain through basically uh, the joining of where the occipital and the rear of the uh, parietal uh, joins together on the right rear lobe. They're explaining that there's aspects of power within the mind if you can access them, and if you'll notice, they have weird slants to their eyes. Like maybe some of God, they look kind of like reptilian. What it is is that they're another world. They're operating from this higher state. And uh, you can find them in, uh, I have uh, pre-Columbian uh, artwork uh, that were uh, figurines. One in particular that was sent to me was given to me by Donna and Steve. And uh, it is a man and a woman in coddle uh, position. And, uh, um, you know, he's uh, he's on the bottom of this pile and she's on the top. So it's a, it's a realist type situation. And uh, they're fully joined. And both of them, their eyes uh, have this unique shape, almost like a slant to the eye. So... I mean, they're all saying the same thing. It's just you have to understand what it is they're talking about and then relate that to how you can think. And that is where your prayer closet comes in because it's between your ears and behind your eyeballs. I mean, and, and that's where we do it. And as we activate that heart, we generate our physical heart and amp up the electromagnetic current that can be generated through the usage of thought the the uh, the bloodstream, the lymphatic uh, stream, and the uh, the heart with its four chambers. There's your four women. That's the four working women, and uh, it's also with the two wings of the eagle, your right and left uh, uh, lobes of the lung. And with that air and that knowledge, you fly and you begin to move without moving, so to speak. You begin to fold and bend time, just like in the movie Dune. Because the worm is the spice. And yet David said, I am a worm and no man. So uh, all of these capabilities are built into us. It's just us understanding it, activating it, and using it. Uh, go ahead. Did I, did I help any, or did I just cloud the air? Well, if you don't mind, I don't want to hog the call, but I, I do have another question, if, if I can. Uh, Jerry go and Joseph, I'd like yes. to jump in before you ask your yes. next Go question. ahead. Because a few days ago, I was sleeping, I had a dream, and there was a woman in a gown at the side of my bed standing up, and it was a green print gown. And uh, I woke up, and I saw it, and then it disappeared. A green gown? Yes. Well, the green represents the love chakra. A green print gown. And the head when was you, wrapped with something I do not know. When you see green, uh, the green is like the center color for entry 
into the higher level of the mind. It's the top level of the bottom four chakras. There's four more, blue, indigo, and violet, as you're going on up because of, uh, well, it's, it's really, it's not. It's red, orange, and yellow. The seventh chakra is really going to be your green one. Um, not green. It'll be uh, number four. And then you'll go five, six, and seven. But see, there's there's other aspects that are not detailed in some of these because it's better to take people and allow them to grow where they're at. And as they grow and ascend, then as they get higher, they'll open up. There's things they cannot give to other people. Uh, a priest of the third order, could uh, he had to get rid of his garments when he went out among the people. But now if he went out to sanctify the people, in other words, to raise their energy for healing, he could still wear those robes, but he was in a different capacity. Um, if a man, let's say, of the first order was uh, married and uh, he died, his wife could marry anybody of the first order, the second order, or a third order. But let's say that there was a second order priest and he died. His wife could marry another second order or a third order, but she could not marry a first order because it was talking about and revealing the subconscious and the superconscious aspects of thought. The other person at the lower level had not gained enough knowledge to ascend to that level of ability and understanding. So, I mean, you're, you're reading and studying a whole lot of different stuff when you're reading in these scriptures because they're encoded. All of this is encoded. And he's putting on the garment of the green chakra, right? The opening up that chakra of love and uh, the heart chakra, so to speak, to where he's uh, has a sincere, uh, uh, how can I put it, understanding and uh, seeking under the understanding of what he's... Jim, what it's saying, Jim, what it's really showing you is that you've risen to a higher level and vibration of thought. Now, from that level, you learn to expand and go. And uh, see, this was one of the great advantages of Silva and his program because he made a natural stair-step mechanism that people that were not extremely well-versed in the Bible or had an idea of what those topics meant, they could ascend to those levels without the the uh, terminology of, say, the Bible. They could do the same thing. It's just that they weren't saying buses and vows of these and therefores and chapters such and such. But then later on, what they would do is they would go back and they would take and marry that information on both sides so that they gain more insight. Yeah. And um, um, that's really where your your green is coming in, though. But let's go back to Michael Joseph. He had one more question on the burner. Go ahead, brother. Oh, okay. Thank you for that. Um, okay. So, so I mean, like I said, I have been really studying Abraham uh, all the way starting from Abraham through Lot going down. I've studied the whole thing. I mean, I spent hours, and I mean, literally probably 40 hours in study last week just on this one and, and writing and things just started to click in. And I, and I realized that, um, you know, our lower mind, our, our carnal mind, if you will, is, is the men of Sodom. And, that, and the really interesting thing of Lot is there came a point where these two messengers, and I look at these as divine messengers that came into his house, um, he had to ask them. He had to say, hey, come into my house. 
because they weren't going to come in at first. And and literally, there came a point when the men of Sodom were pushing against this door into what yeah. I term the upper room or his house, and they wanted in. And he literally, he he stepped out, he closed the door behind him because he wasn't going to let the impure, unpure thoughts of his mind enter into this holy place. And, yeah, okay. And then, that's, that's then a good analogy the angels, right angels kind of reach out at one point there is no arguing with self. There is no, it's just a bunch of chatter. And so at one point, the angels reach out and pull him in to the house. And then there's a wild thing that happens now. And and this is how I see it. This is just how I'm seeing this. So I would appreciate your, your knowledge in this as well. When he says, I'm going to send out my two virgin daughters Notice that these virgin daughters are inside the house. They're inside the holy place. So these two virgin daughters have to be divine thoughts that are being yep. sent from a higher realm down to this lower carnal mind. And yet, these men of Sodom that you know are perverse and wicked, our lower carnal mind, want nothing to do with these virgin daughters. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I do. And so, See, the, them two daughters are symbolic of Egyptian priestesses. If you knew the Egyptian uh, uh, knowledge that's in the background, and you're correct in stating that they come out of the subconscious mind, they were inside his house. And house there, is, if you look it up in the New Testament, you'll find the word naos in the Greek, and it means the most holy place. Well, remember, wisdom, consequently, knowledge and understanding and prudent action, none of them could find their place among men. So she had to retreat into the heaven because she walked through the concourses of men, but there was no one there that could accept that type of knowledge. Angel also means a angle of light. In other words, a different vibratory frequency of light or insight. Go ahead. Okay, so, so then there's a point where the angels pull him back into the house and they tell him flat out, they're like, look, get you up into the high mountain, which is telling me it's time for you to ascend. I mean, it's time for you to get on up in the high clouds. You, you're here at water. It's time for you to get on up in the air and the fire, you know. Yeah. And and so it's really interesting, you know, if you read it sort of like as a story, you know, then he gets up there and Lot gets drunk and he has sex with his daughters. And, I mean, you know, he's having a great time. It's better than Sodom, you know what I mean? But, I mean, but, yeah. you know, he's up in the high mountain. You know, and so these thoughts that, that came out of the house, the daughters, they are now going to intercourse with him. So Lot has got to be the mind. Lot's got to be the mind. And now these divine thoughts, and what's, what's really kind of, I'm trying to figure out, because these are, these are two daughters, and clearly a woman receives and conceives. So... Who is bringing the seed here? I mean, is Lot bringing the seed and impregnating his daughters, or who's bringing the seed? No, 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 no. Let's see. God, how can we give you the culture of the Far East? A young man could wind up taking and marrying his mother, his daddy's wife. But it was a succession-type deal. 
Okay, let's say that we have Lot and his wife, and they have these two daughters, and they have others and so forth that's there, but only two of them are going to come. In other words, there's only two aspects of the mind. Okay, these daughters, these were something that he created and uh, act with his wife, period. Now, those thoughts and those ideas... Uh, okay, hold on one second. Hold on one second. He created these daughters in an act with his wife. Now, there's two women. There's a spiritual woman, Rachel, and there's the emotional woman, Leah. Which wife okay, but we, only, we, only have, we only have Lot's wife. We only have a woman. Now, you remember I talked about the, uh, the believer and the unbeliever? She kept looking back to Sodom. She was informed not to, but she kept looking back. If the subconscious mind keeps looking back to the old thing, it can't leave it. It becomes dead. That's the symbol for salt. Now, the two daughters would go on because they were the creation of that uh, that marriage. And those children, it says, of that union of the believer and the unbeliever in the New Testament, they would still be holy. So you're looking at different states of mind that tell you uh, how to operate, okay? Let's say that if I physically was working the farm, um, there's a, a way of breeding. It's discussed in inbreeding and animal breeding plans, 1938 J.L. Lush, and it goes back to the Black Bull of Ulster and the Cooley Cattle Raid, Kukulain, and uh, the foundation for uh, the Aberdeen Scotch Angus, uh, 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 Angus Sire Herd System. Okay, when you come to that, Earl Marshall is a top bull that they had. And the only way that they found that they could improve and and grow the traits was for him to breed his daughters, his granddaughters, his great-granddaughters. And it got to the point that it uh, it would be detrimental to the herd to bring in a foreign or a outcross heterosexual, uh, uh, heterozygote, uh, female from another herd, even though it was differently similar, it would be so out of proportion that it could set the breeding program back up to four years. And uh, it's all discussed in that deal, but that is a factual deal, and that's why they breed certain ways in horses and race horses. And uh, if you get an Arabian book of sire racers, let me tell you, they guard that book of knowledge with their life. The same with in competition dogs. Uh, uh, Joe House used to have houses Tom Tom and different ones like that, and houses Keith. And uh, Joe never would tell, and his papers were never totally accurate because he never would tell how he bred. Well, Hans Wagner and them done the same blame thing. Leroy Lynn, Jimmy Congers, and uh, I mean, I understand where they're coming from because I've used that mechanism in breeding horses, cattle, and dogs. Now, uh, I do know that of that union, they look at it as being unrighteous, but yet Lot was called a righteous man. So we have the believer righteous man. He just happened to be in the place where he is dominated by the two warring factions of Sodom and Gomorrah, and yet the sin was not necessarily homosexuality and things like people teach it. It was fatness and fullness of bread. They had so damn much of goodness and largesse that uh, they were like Jeshurun, uh, which was another name given to Jacob Israel. Jeshurun took, and as he got older, he waxed fat and kicked before the Lord and kicked before the formula, this knowledge. 
In other words, he no longer fully participated in practice, did he? He was known for it, but he got another name change because of his actions. All right? Now, not being a righteous man wasn't out of question for him to get drunk. Why? We had another righteous man named Noah. What did he do? He got stoned, stoned uh, down drunk. And that there is where you had the story of Ham coming in with the curse and Japheth and... Uh, um, 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 Shem. Yeah, Shem and Japheth, and uh, they coming in and covering their daddy up. Well, there's a couple other teachings that's in there, and it says, implies in some of them that uh, Ham castrated Noah. And But yet, you've got two righteous men that are getting drunk, and there was nothing wrong with it. And then there's other scriptures say the same thing. But, even though we have one of those daughters being a Moabite, and they were called uh, the daughters of Moab, if uh, that Moabitess wound up in the lineage of the one that they're calling Jesus the Christ, and yet it is a David, a lineage of David, and Boaz is married to uh, uh, Ruth. I got the ability to conceive of the thing, but the other near kinsman couldn't. And so Boaz really had Naomi and Ruth for women in the bed. I mean, that was their custom. Now, as you get back, what's the opposite side of Boaz? We've got to find a Yaquin in there somewhere so we can sustain, manifest, bring it to pass, and carry it on to fruition, and then say dissolve it. And as you come up that line, you're seeing that story as it comes down, and uh, they'll go to teaching that David is of the tribe of Judah. He was not. He was of the tribe of Joseph Ephraim. He had to be. Otherwise, he could not be the ruler that Shiloh would come in the end. Then you look up the meaning of Shiloh, when Shiloh comes, etc. So, I mean, you've got several layers of stories, several layers or orders of the priesthood, and everything that we're reading and dealing with. That's why we have to be careful in what we're saying and thinking because we've been used to being trained to think, say, and do in the literal application instead of the spirit of it. Well, how, come a, David, how come David was considered a man after God's own heart and he committed he was very hard. murder and everything else? Because David knew how to make a right judgment that was based upon the law of the heart. You make judgments all the time in your conscious mind. But that's not what gets you in harmony with the inner self, because if the inner self is in opposition to what the crap you're doing out here consciously, then you create a turmoil, a conflict. And so people wind up going through their lives being bitter and this and that and the other, but they, they will not look to see that they're really the creator. They're the cause of that very thing. And so as you come into that, it's, it was telling you, but in a right judgment scenario. See, and Nathan had to take and present that particular story to David, David, a, a king or a royal priest. He had to present it to him in a way that he could make a true judgment. If he had just come out and said, hey, man, you've done this, you killed so-and-so-and-so-and, David would have denied it. And so the, the, the divine mind that's in us to keep us from destroying ourselves due to the programming and the way people around us think, it has these mechanisms, these nuances that we can move in and out of because we're the ones that ultimately must justify ourselves 
and deliver ourselves from the snare of the devil. And all that is is an erroneous or error-laden state of thought, mind, and being. Jerry, didn't the same thing happen after Alexander and the royalty that followed him? Yes. As far as genetics is concerned? Absolutely. Same thing happened to... See, they don't tell you how closely related Kate is to William. You have to understand, these people have a lineage breeding problem. What, where the real rub came in was in Queen Victoria. She carried the latent, or the latent gene that was dominant. Uh, it was recessive more in her, but it would be dominant in all of her offspring and uh, the offspring of those that bred uh, or wed her offspring. She destroyed predominantly every royal house in Europe through this latent recessive gene that would flip and go dominant. Yes. So they didn't understand how to take and clean gene. That's why you have to learn how to breed a certain way when you do this. But, I mean, this is not the order of, of just Joe Henry Blow out there trying to breed this. He, he, he probably does not have any idea or enough knowledge to deal with this type of system. And, uh, see, this is where your levels of knowledge and, I mean, hell, we all know, we all went to school, and most of us were started at kindergarten or, I guess, preschool now, and uh, and then we went up the ladder of, of say, education, just like you'd walk up the stairs uh, to get up into a building. You don't just jump 30 stairs at one time. You take them one at a time. And so you open and develop as you ascend and go on up these states of thought and existence. Well, anyway, my suggestion, go ahead. Yeah, well, one of the other um, that I was looking at here this past week is the story of Ammon, Absalom, and Tamar. And, you know, I went and I looked at every single line, went back, meditated on them. And, you know, it's so crazy. Ammon wanted his sister so bad, but there's a line in there that says if he would have just asked the king. And, you know, and and it's like, you know, uh, Silas Solomon's goes off in my head. My sister, my spouse, is a garden enclosed. If he would have just asked the king, the king would have given him permission to intercourse with Rachel and bring forth the Son of God. You know, and but he didn't. He thought to take the kingdom by force. And this is what well, we do. This is what we do. What, we take the kingdom by force. Yeah, that's what a lot of people are attempting to do with their literal teaching. I mean, um, I listen to John Hagee once in a blue moon, not very often, though, and not very long. I, I hear him, and um, oh, it, it just aggravates me no end. He's, uh, he's sitting there, and he's teaching. He said, uh, standing, giving praise in the house of God. And all them idiots stand up and jump and start hallelujah, you know. <laughs> and I thought, you know, somebody ought to slap his fat ass down and tell him a thing or two. One, that damn building is not the house of God. And, I mean, uh, that's kind of like a fellow walking up until you had, uh, looks over at your wife and says, hey, tell Joe over there you love him. If the only time she told me that she loved me was when this dummy told her to tell me, I'd whip his ass and hers too. Amen. Well, this is Rachel trying to claim the son of her bondsmaid. I mean, this is the son of emotion. This ain't the son of spirit. I mean, this is hallelujah and praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like, whatever, dude. Rachel, this is not your son, okay? 
This is the son of emotion that's born out of the heart, you know. This is not the son of spirit. You so know? wait a minute. You're saying Rachel. Rachel was who? Rachel was Jacob's wife. That's what I'm trying to say. It's the same allegory over and over and over. It doesn't matter. It's the same well, yeah, thing. Okay, I'm, okay, I understand. You were throwing me when you kept saying Rachel. I kept every time you'd say Rachel, I go back, go back, click. You know, <laughs> I was hitting the reverse. Well, like what happened was, is I started with Abraham, and I was like, hold on a minute. He was Abram first, and he was in Ur of the Chaldee, and Ur, the goddess of Ur, is sin. And and then Sarai, if you check out Sarai, what it means, it means someone who's in charge, chief. So, you know, what it's saying is, is Abraham was be, uh, Abram was being ruled by his emotions, and that's why these clowns, you know what, it's just come to my uh, uh, recent um, knowledge. The Bible should have never been put in the hands of the common man. Because, you know, for years the woman has been put down, has been ridiculed, has been put to shame, been thought to be a second-class citizen, all because some fool didn't know that what was being said was that emotion should not rule the mind. You know? What, what if What if they knew that, but they wanted to hide it so that they could control? So you, the, the biggest threat with Randy Weaver wasn't Randy Weaver, a Green Beret. It was his wife. They had to take the pole out of the tent. Remember, you got a bent nail in your tent. You had a wife that was of no account. And in other words, you were married to an aspect of the feminine form that uh, didn't think correctly. Uh, it may have been all emotion. It may have been you couldn't talk to it. It may have been that you hadn't developed the communication. And yet we see that Ishmael is the wild ass, and he's out hunting with his mother Hagar, the Egyptian. When Abraham comes up on his camel and uh, he talks to uh, uh, Ishmael's wife, and he tell him, uh, he said uh, in the book of Jasher, he said, when your husband Ishmael returns, it's to tell him that a man, uh, uh, an old old man on a faraway journey, came to his house and neither uh, was invited in to, to set. Uh, and see, Sarah had already told him, don't put his feet on the ground. But anyway, this was his argument. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Says, uh, I've read uh, it. Anyway, he goes on and. Uh, he tells her, he said, and tell him that his nail in his tent's bent and he needs to replace it. So, boy, Jay, I mean, I could just see her sitting there just saying, yeah, this old man told me your ragged-ass old tent was right there. Uh-huh. I mean, you could know, just almost hear it, you know. And, mm-hmm. and she was telling him that he was telling her that uh, she wasn't worth a plug nickel. He needed to change something. So uh, the washing of the thoughts again, the washing of the pure water of the word, a new thought system being put in. Because, see, Ruth ascended into that lineage line, even though she was in the house of the cast-off that could never come into the kingdom forever. So there is a mechanism that even those that think they're cast off, cast out, and can't do, can't change, can't overcome, etc., there is a mechanism that you can get your ass in and that we got a rule for you. And that mechanism, in my opinion, after all this study is, you literally have to be willing, you know, because, you know, our thoughts, every single one of our thoughts are the spotted cows that Jacob produced. And God wants to give us those pure, just pure white, cattle you know 
but we've got all of our spotted cattle. This is this is that wife. This is Leah, Bilha, Zilpa. This is all emotion and desire and greed and fear, and and it can't. None of this can come in to the spirit. And so as we try to go into this point of meditation and of sin, all of this is dragging us back down, man. It's like, don't go. You need me, you know. And and so. And I found it when I was doing this today. That's what I found happening inside of me. I had to literally command it to go away. All I can say is never underestimate the power of lust. And I don't think we should throw the emotions and desire out the window. <laughs> and no, no, there has to be I'm balance. Send that, I'm going to send that time travel video out and connect with what I just said with that video. What the what twenty one thirty seven looks like? Because we well, have to have, we have to have desire, and we we emotions are your guidance system. And I'd like to ask, where does Lilith come into all this? <laughs> Lilith in the ancient teaching was uh, Adam's first wife, but because she would not submit to him, uh, they said that. Uh, in the teachings uh, that came from the Catholic Church, that she was cast out, and a second woman was brought forth. But in reality, if you understood the analogy, uh, when you see the Adam, uh, you're looking at a male and female in one body. Now, by the dividing of that and making one aspect of it dominant, one that was the perpetuation of the species to create a new host, for the spirit to reside in. Uh, and yet, on the other hand, um, it was the mechanism teaching how the two principles are really in one body, uh, one temple, one tent, so to speak. But the external manifestation is a teaching tool to help you understand that inner principle, concept, idea, and reality. So can Lilith be part of your subconscious, you know, the female aspect of the, of the subconscious that resists being impregnated and does not want to go along with the, the program? And in essence, you know, uh, Rocco's vision, he clothes his feminine side in a beautiful dress, which is a nice symbol. You know, he's, well, another, he's lifting her up. And well, so that's maybe kind of an interesting thought. Yeah. Maybe the subconscious is like a woman that you have to seduce. It and is. Make love it is to. exactly otherwise, like a woman. Otherwise, she becomes that Lilith and says, the hell with you. If you're going to treat me like crap or, you know, want, just come around when you want to use me, well, I, you know, I'm rejecting that, you know. But can I ask you a question? Okay, but now, see, here's the deal. It's not just the rejection of the woman. It can be a rejection of the man. The male aspect can resist and reject that subconscious, and they can stay at a state of war and never accomplish anything. They can try. They can do everything on the sun. But, uh, see, Lilith was Lilith and the teaching of Lilith, <laughs> because the Catholic Church always wanted a missionary woman in a subordinate position sexually. In other words, to be controlled by the male thought aspect of the process. 
Well, uh, the unique thing is if you go to Paleo Hebrew, the yellow that they're using, uh, the Y, in reality, originally was a female character. And so people don't really understand the two uh, windows or doors, hey, uh, was like a one-legged, uh, uh, a bar going up with a bar at the top, bar in the middle, and the bar um, uh, at the bottom. And it would be like, a, a you know, three little lines out mm-hmm. from a stick, you know, a standing up, and uh, they'd be kind of tipped to the left. It was revealing that there was a window, there was a door. Right. It was so an entry mechanism. Say? What you're saying is, the you know, just like, you know, churches and, and courtrooms, they all have that bar there, and there's the inner court and the outer court, and the Absolutely. outer court is, is taught uh, patriarchy, whereas the inner court, they probably, well, look at, you know, the queen, they pra- practice matriarchy. Can I ask so, you a question? Go ahead. Yeah, and, and say, like, when you're in a court... Where the people sit is the outer court. They can come before the priest to be administered, but they have to have a priest minister. Then they go behind the veil. They're going on deck of the ship. Now they've got a priest in there that's offering up their offerings, their petitions, their prayers. Then as it goes forward, it goes to the judge who's sitting behind the other cubicle. You're seeing the three aspects being laid out, just like the, the jury box and different things. Those are, I mean, and uh, you have the cops in there. That is the high priest servant because they're what goes and sucks a, a character off of the road out there to bring him into that jurisdiction so that they can exact penalty, fine, tribute, whatever. It's all set up on this type of system. Brother. But it's the exoteric versus the esoteric, the inner court and the outer court. Uh, yeah, all the all the real knowledge is hidden from us. Um, so in a in in a way, just a, a you know the church and the courts are operating just like our mind. You know, absolutely like, everything everything is based on this pattern, huh? I mean, that's exactly right. Yes. Okay. Let's right. say that you had Leah and you had Rachel. Okay, you've got three on the right and three on the left because you've got conscious seven, superconscious mind. Well, if you've got their two handmaidens, there's assistant aspects of that bring forth manifestations. They're tied to those. So uh, uh, when you have that one, they're in each of those aspects too. That's another three. And so now we've got six on the right and six on the left. That is your 12 faculties. That's why the 12 disciplined states of thought were in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, the day that the knowledge of the law was internalized. Then they were all down at Solomon's court, Solomon's porch. That was the gate of the women. It was symbolic of going into the vagina, just like in uh, Helis uh, uh, Nig or Sheila Nig in uh, Irish and Celtic uh, 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 court lore. As you went into the, the church, it wasn't open to everyday people. It was open to people who had an understanding. And you would see a woman there with three ribs on the right, three ribs on the left. Her mouth was open, no holes, uh, you know, uh, empty sockets. Her yoni spread uh, with her hands and her feet in a wide open position. So when you walked into that arch, they knew you were walking into the womb of the mind. Can I ask a question? Yes. But it has to do with Lilith. I mean, this is, 
I mean, I may be way off, but I mean, my understanding, everybody tries to vilify Lilith. Uh, I mean, doesn't the scripture say, I mean, there were an androgyny? I mean, he called her. Okay, 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 stop now. Okay, don't don't go no further. Let's let's see if I can straighten it before we get into all kinds of stuff. No, it's not. What if Lilith and Eve. The mother of all life. They're both in the subconscious mind. One of them is the left brain way of thinking, and the other one is the right brain way of thinking. Now, which one does the left brain sort of people want to be dominant? It's got to be Eve. They'll tell you she's the mother of all life. But do they really tell you that she also has the ability to destroy, and so they say that the, the children? Well, that's the principle of Kali Ma. In the ancient Hindu, and Sarai is also meaning a high priestess in that particular belief structure. When they changed it to Sarah, they just altered the title definition for her abilities. That's the only I thing they did. I understand that, but what I, I mean, what I was trying to say is that Adam and all right, the male and female aspect. All right, they talk about Lilith's, Lilith's first wife. Okay, that was dominant. She didn't want to submit to that or the the male aspect. But that's was the story it with Lee and Rachel? That's the I, I with... What I was trying to say isn't Lilith the the pure form of the subconscious mind, the, which is the mother of all life. I mean, because they, they vilified her and said that she goes after the children taking the children there, but isn't your subconscious mind, doesn't it? It's the mother of all life, and it gives you everything that we can think of or ask. Yes, but it can also give you from two diverse positions of thought. One, you might call it positive. The other one, you might call it negative. But both aspects are hidden in your subconscious, superconscious mind. And it's also in your consciousness. Huh? And Lilith, Lilith kills babies, and she goes after the sperm, which would be the original thought. So maybe she has more control than what we think, because if you send her a thought, she, I, I, you know, the Lilith aspect might kill it off, because she knows okay, it's not. Okay, okay, okay. You, because they're vilifying, they're vilifying things. They they hit things, took things out, and twist and turned it in the scriptures. They're vilifying it because they don't want you to look there. But if you look at the subconscious mind in the pure form, the dominant aspect of that, and the other scriptures that go with it, you know, when the, the, I guess you could call it the male aspect, went rampant and running all here and there, possibly shooting his gun everywhere, and wouldn't listen no more, uh, she went back to the hidden aspect, the hidden place. Okay, wait a minute. Gypsy, you were really correct when you said she was the devourer of children and the sperm. See, if the thoughts are incorrect, then that child will not produce. A devourer of the sperm. Now you're getting into real high-level sacred knowledge. See, this is the forbidden sacred secret Eucharist. And boy, howdy doody. Now, if you think you want the world to come down on your shoulders... You understand that and start teaching that because, see, not only is that physical, that is spiritual. 
and you can use that for many processes. Remember, the the soma of the gods came forth from the body of a god. Now, god dang, come on, put. I think we can put two pennies together and, and kind of get a sound out of here. Right. I saw a post, and I, I don't know if I want to say this on the radio. Uh-huh. Should I? Go ahead. <laughs> It was uh, two rabbis, uh, and there was a baby there, and they had just circumcised the baby, and this other rabbi um, was sucking the blood out of the baby. They had to do the same thing when they castigate reindeer. What is he doing? Blind the blood of the baby. Because look at the neonatal cells that's there. Do you think maybe that it's, that's a rejuvenation technique that they're talking about? Yes, sir. Oh, but why, why, do you, why, do you, why do you think that they take the sacrament as sperm? Because all the DNA, the X and the Y chromosome is there. That's why a male had to have be, be blemish-free. Well, so in, you're the, in, this post, in this post... The people are uh, upset because these babies are catching herpes. How do you like that? Well, I mean, but I, 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 I thought, what, what did they do? They just put in the program that this thing is bad in case the people get anywhere near this knowledge. They just put a reverse program in right there. And, and these people are gagging it gnats and swallowing camels and they got shit figured out yet about what in the hell they're really reading. But this is a normal, and I forget the name of it. There's a, you know, it's like baptism or communion. You know, it, there's a name, and this is normal, uh, normal stuff in in the Jewish world. You know, so Jews don't know anything anyway. That what? is not true. That is not true. They're using. <laughs> <laughs> Catholics know certain things and they use their rituals. They don't disclose what they know, but they use the ritual. Right. It's up to you to figure that out. Okay, if you're dealing with the Jewish rabbi, they do not disclose everything to you. You'll have to figure it out. That's why there are certain hand signs that a Levite priest uses. They do not give a book out for you to find out what the crap those mean. Because there are states of mind where you can alter physical matter by the way you put your hands together because you're focusing your thought on that thing. Just like changing water and changing its frequency by thought. It's a simple thing. Okay. Uh, you can't throw the Buddhists out because, hell, they got a lot of truth. You can't throw the Hindu out of hell. They do, too. You can't get rid of the Jains, and you can't get rid of the Shinto, and somebody says, oh, man, you're in the Shinto, but I guess I am. Why? What the hell do you think that means? It's a law of cause and effect. Damn it, it's right there in your New Testament. See, we're, we're, we've been taught to fight. We, we're critical thinkers. We can't look at something and see the truth is hid in it we're over here trying to find out everything that we think from our perspective is wrong with it so we can fight it and tear it up, and in reality, we're shooting our own toes off. 
Well, you know what? It's funny. You, some of them mentioned court. Today I was looking at the dollar bill, and and I was reading I'm reading the Bible here earlier too. You know, Jacob gave seven years for Leah, and he gave seven years for Rachel. He he's got balance in the tent. He's he's balanced his spiritual with his emotional. And yep. but look, I want you to look on the face of a one dollar bill. If you look carefully, you'll see the alpha and the omega. And right over the top of his head, you'll find an altar. And Washington's the first president of the United States, and he's flanked by an omega. Look carefully, and you'll find it. He's flanked well, uh, by an omega. Okay, and, and that then, alpha is symbolic of plowing with an ox, a heifer. And so if you're plowing with an ox and a heifer, you're plowing in her omega, and that's a symbol for a vagina, isn't it? Well, you know what? You can either go left and you can pick a third party, or you can go right and you'll see you'll you can fish out of the right side of the boat and you'll find a uh, something interesting written in big gigantic capital letters over that seal. You'll find O N E one, and you're either one in trust, or you you can go ahead and fish out of the left side of the boat and bring a third party into your love feast. So your choice. What are you going to sacrifice on that altar? You know what I mean? That's, it's right in front of us if we just look at it. It's right there. The images have to play out. It has to follow the same type. It cannot get out of that type. It has to it continually over and over and over follow the same type. Well, see, this is why you'll see Jacob the supplanter, the one that could alter, had really four wives. If you deal with uh, with Moses, Moses acknowledged that you could do the same. If you deal with Mohammed, you ha- can have four wives. If you deal with the Pope, the Pope has four consecrated women, and they're all married to God. He is the ring of God because if you kiss his ring, you've done kissed his wang dang. I mean, you understand? You're kissing yep. his authority to impregnate an idea. Yes. He, you, you lose your maidenhead as you bow your knee. He's taking your virginity. virginity. That's exactly what it means. Man, oh, man. That. <laughs> that is exactly what it means. You lose your maidenhead. Oh, no wonder I have Lilith in my first house. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, see, uh, in let, me, let me give you one minute. Let, let me add the rest of it to it here. He, he's dead <laughs> on the money, but, I mean, some of you are not quite following through. If you take two males and you put them together, you're going to cause a change in one of them frequency-wise. We can even find it and tell about it years later in the rectum. It does a certain enzyme change. That's why it says they receive meat unto themselves, which is judgment. They have judged themselves unworthy of that high office of that impregnating priest in thought. We were on a hunt one night in Texas, and uh, they had a dog out there, man. He was trying to breed anything and everything. And my bitch, Bill, she didn't take no crap off no dog. And so he came up and tried to mount her, and she turned around and gave him a mouthful of hello, and uh, they wanted to say something. I said, oh, no, wait a minute here. See, because you can't have a dog get tied on a deal. I said, you need to get that damn uh, uh, that hard whatever so-and-so and get his butt straightened out. If you can't control your dog on this hunt, you need to put a leash on his ass and the truck's back there behind us. 
And uh, so the, they went ahead. They let him go ahead and hunt. It wasn't long, and there was a real pretty young walker dog come through there. And that sorry damn dog reached out and grabbed that young male dog, and he done hooked up with him before it was over with. You could see the dog go out of that young dog. And when I say young dog, the dog was, you know, two years old. He was really still a young dog. But what it did was it, it literally robbed his nature. And wow. um, that man, uh, he, he wound up having to shoot that dog. I mean, it just totally broke that dog's spirit. And mm. see, uh, a man and a woman, that does not, uh, it does, it may change, but it will not affect them like that because of the X and the Y chromosome. But when you're dealing with that XX or XY to XY, then one of them is going to be dominant, and it'll be on the X side. The male-female will cross over. Well, when that occurs, you just change that man's frequency. And uh, they don't teach about that, but nevertheless, that's what occurs. And um, uh, so, I mean, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of things here. What are the spiritual consequences of that? Uh, with male to male, yeah, um, they can be. Uh, and I hate to get into that. I, I ain't gonna get into that. Um, just go back and read, and you'll see. When it says they receive meat unto themselves, and in other words, they receive judgment. And okay. uh, but it literally can mess their bodies up. See, that's the principle of grid 192, gay rectally infected disease number 192 from the lab rat strain. I think it was Kansas that they came out of. But you call that uh, AIDS today, annually injected death sentence. And so, I mean, every time they put a name with something, they're telling you something if you'll listen to them. Uh-huh. See, but that yeah, doesn't do that with a woman. But I'll tell you what can occur. Um, you can take an individual that uh, is real, real knowledgeable, but he may be more of the brujo than the quit in battle. And uh, as a brujo, um, he uses the knowledge of uh, the magical arts of the mind, etc., and physical stimulation to uh, implant a program, a, uh, a spell or whatever in an individual, much as you could do in, let's say, the voodoo of Adushi, uh, with Mama uh, Nanette and Mama Vate and uh, Father Legba and the different aspects of voodoo and thoughts uh, or the, the, the bird uh, language that's in predominant uh, in the Polynesian Islands, and you would know it as the, the, the Huna Code or the Huna Religion. And see, so there's different things that's in these different uh, levels of people knowing and teaching. That's why certain types of martial arts is not taught openly. You have to get to a certain level before some of this stuff is taught. There are masters that have learned and, and understood how to do certain things. They will literally take their skill and that knowledge to the grave because they have found no one that is worthy to pass that secret on to. It's to whosoever will. But you've got to will it in order to be able to get it. Let me show you around and get you a decent place to stay. 
and it got quiet. You could hear a mouse fart at a thousand yards. Interesting. I think they used some of that in the Montauk projects, right? Yes, they did. Yeah. That's fine. They didn't want certain things with William H. Wright, like frequencies, Royal R. Wright, um, Dr. Uh, uh, Victor Schauberger. And uh, see, that's where your your uh, red mercury vortex engines came from for the uh, Honey Boo 1, 2, and 3. Um, I mean, um, they're going to take them people out. Tesla, Tesla, uh, Nikolai. Um, it's really Tesla, but they call it Tesla over here. But um, uh, God, they didn't want his knowledge out. And um, that's why... That's where George H.W. Bush got the nickname Curious George was because Tesla gave it to him. He was a thief. He stole papers and documents and research stuff. Okay, You know, it, it seems to me that, you know, following along the same line of thought that you said that uh, before, um, you know, if you're self-centered... If you want this knowledge for your own gain and your own greed and power and wealth, then it seems to me that the masters would not cast their pearls before swine. In in other words, until love enters into the house and the happiness of others becomes your concern, then why, why would you give this to somebody who is another egotist who just wants to... Uh, to make a name for themselves. Well, they, they can't really get it. They, they really can't get it. They can only go so far. There's a certain state of mind and being that must come into play for you to open the inner sanctum because that is the level where Rami, the Persian mystic, the Iranian mystic in reality, uh, was when he said he went to, he would meet us on a place where there is no war. So you can't have war uh, this this dominating, I'm going to do whatever over my fellow man. You come to a place that you're at one with the God self, realizing that it, that God is in all and through all. And we live and move and have our existence in that aspect of thought. It's just manifesting as a play, as a drama during this space-time continuum, as, say, like us being in a school of enlightenment how to take an aspect of oneself and be able to create and then put that knowledge in that creation and put it through uh, uh, opportunities to uh, become enlightened and change into a divine enlightened state. And uh, that would be the only way that God could grow. Okay, so you're saying basically if you try to come up to the third heaven, and you're egotistical, you're going to get such a smackdown that, you know, you're going to basically, you can't come to these places until until you lose the ego and the, and the self-centeredness. See, I don't, I don't like that theory. I was, well, I was, in a way, that's uh, kind of like, uh, <clears throat> just just a minute, hon. Um, okay. It's kind of like, uh, have you ever heard the name or the term, the Baal Shintab? No. It means the master of the name. And in Krakow, uh, there was a rabbi named Lo. 
and he was highly skilled not only in the Merkaba and some of the other things and and the the, the Kabbalah, but uh, um, and uh, Jewish law, Jewish mysticism, and he they tell the story of three rabbis. Why three? That conscious seven, superconscious mind. It's, for every female aspect, there's a male aspect in each of these levels. There has to be a priest there to balance it. That's why you see a pharaoh and all these different women. Uh, no, I got women. it. No, I got you, it. You okay. okay. I got now. it now. That's why you have Abraham and you have Lot. And you, for every for every female, there has to be a male at these different levels. I got you. I got you. Okay, good. Okay, well, anyway, these three rabbis decide they're going to go into the Garden of Paradise, the Garden of God. It's going to be in a vision state. So each of them go in, and only one manages, uh, well, uh, one, uh, his insights, it was so wondrous that it, it killed him. He died of a heart attack. Another one went in and seen, and it was so wondrous that he could not contain it, and uh, he came out, and he was insane the rest of his days. The third one, being the Baal Shem Tov, the rabbi called Lo, went in and came out and was able to give the pastor the knowledge of what he had found. My sheep go in and out and find pasture. They were talking and giving the acknowledgement of one that had learned the mastery of the names, names being the natures and the characteristics of the divine Godhead. Yahweh you see, Yahweh you ray, correct? Yahweh, right, Shalom. El, El Shaddai, El, El Yon. These are the the characteristics. Is that what you're talking about? Absolutely. So if you said Yahweh Nisai, you're saying Yahweh the serpent, the one that has the ability as the serpent to operate this formula. So there's 12 fac- uh, facets there as the 12 tribes of Israel. One of them is a Levite priest. That is a mastery of the serpent, the serpent master. He must be part of the circle of the medicine wheel. There's there's an interesting, um, in, in Genesis chapter 30, Deuteronomy chapter 32, around verse 17, you'll find that in, in regard to worship, the word God there is Eloah. And L it seems like L is masculine and Ah is feminine, but the the term for God there is Eloah. And yeah, it has to I be struggled with that. We're made in that image. Yeah. We're made that male and female way. We literally are just like that that deity. Well, that makes sense. I mean, it makes sense every step of the way for every step of consciousness. There has to be a male and a female there. Yeah, that's why they go two by two. But the three-fold cord is not easy to break. Now, there's another level of understanding right there. And yet, you could beat those errors five times or more, but you better beat them at least five times. That's your five senses you're having to bring into full control. That's the five smooth stones you're taking out of the brook of the knowledge of life with wisdom, understanding, etc. So this is Abraham saying, uh, arguing with uh, God, saying, "Would you save the city for fifty? The fifty is the yeah. spiritualized five senses, correct?" Yeah. Well, is there fifty up here that would have the knowledge of the law? Would you save it for fifty righteous people? So they got to have the knowledge of the law. 
Yep. And the forty, the forty yep. is the spiritualized fourfold nature of man. You know. Yep. Okay. All right. We're 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 clicking. Thank you for that. Oh, well, can 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 I put like Giordano Bruno? Um, God is a combination of all attributes: positive, negative, good, and bad. Absolutely, absolutely. I, just want to I make good. I make evil. Yeah, I make good. I make evil. Every I would. I would give everybody the knowledge. Well, that's true. That's what we're doing. But the thing of it you know, is, you can't no, give it to everybody. They have to be looking for you to be able to give it to them. Otherwise, they walk on it. They just go right on by. They'll mock it. And that's why it tells you, it warns you not to do that. Because some of them will take that knowledge and turn it around and use it against you to make your way harder because it is an education mechanism telling you you can't just give it to everybody. Now, if they're asking and they're making the right confession, then it's up to you and I to give it to them. Right. Well, the other thing, too, is that um, it's almost like a self um indictment you know if we do certain things then the it, it the judgment comes forth and, and it's kind of like we create our own prisons you know because um no one else can do this for you no one else can can you have to go into meditation by yourself no one else can make you do the thing you know that's that's most, most what, said, what do you guys think judgment is though I mean, do you, really think, do you really think there's some God up there? Do you really think there's some God up there who's going to judge you as being... No, you're the yeah. God, damn it. You are the right. one that is doing it. You are the very right. one doing it. And the, the, according to the way you think, you're either going to get what we might determine to call good, or you're going to determine and get what we might call bad or calamity. That is judgment. It is the manifestation of the thought process. And see, and, be, being that I'm an astrologer, you know, the the sun shines on everybody and, and the rain falls on everybody, too. So if yeah, they, but they, don't, they, all, they don't all think the same way, and they don't all think just exactly alike. Each one of them are diverse. They're different. And that's why you cannot just ultimately just pour it out there and pour it on them because they can't handle it. You'll choke some of them, slap them. That's it. I know people that if you tell part of this, too, they will absolutely be in the insane asylum before tomorrow evening. <laughs> you cannot pour new wine into an old wine sack. It'll pull well, I've, I've learned I've learned the hard way. Don't tell anybody nothing. Let them find it themselves. <laughs> well, it's people, like this. people hate I, the messenger, you know. I know, but I told Gary last week. I believe I did, or I said it to somebody last week. You know, the the scriptures tell us, "He who asketh, he who seeketh, he who who knocketh." And that's a double ask. That's an acronym for ask. But the question is, how do you know what to ask if you don't even know? In other words, how do you have a choice if you don't even know? You know so, so what? So what happens is, is those that have this knowledge who want to work it in a negative way, they put in front of you a Hegelian choice, and and you perceive that you do good or you do evil, but in fact, it's just your perceptions of a choice that's a false choice. Right. It's a false choice. Right. And I've had I've had people ask me stuff and I've told them and I got it stuck up my butt anyway. So I, I've come to a place 
find it find it somewhere else, you know, just leave me alone. <laughs> well now, you know, I I come from the places where, you know, the the the, the priest was told if if someone asks, then you have to discharge it or else their blood's on your hands. So if yep. they ask, you have to discharge. But you have to tell them. You're the witness. And but, there is, specific, but there is a specific way of them asking. And it's not saying, hey, man, teach me that. Man, I want to know that. It's confessing in the mind, programming that woman called Eve or the mother of all life, that it's, that knowledge has come or that blessing has come. It will begin to open the door to lead and guide you because there's nothing but a good thing that's going to be given to you. No harmful thing is it going to give, or is this aspect of the mind going to give? And so this why you guard over your heart. You guard over the prayer because you're guarding over the state of sperm that you're impregnating into this creative ability of your other, your own self, your other half, if you will. Well, that's why that's why I was saying before is that it's a self it's a self executing judgment. We we choose yes, life or we choose death. We choose. Yeah. We have to choose. We have to tell. You know. We have to tell. You know. If we're the disciple walking along the road with Jesus, and Jesus said, "Hey, man, I'm gonna go a little further." We have to say, "Hey, man, come on in here and sup here with us tonight." You know what I mean? And we got to grab a hold of that. We got to say, "Hold on a minute," you know. You know, I want life. You know, I, I'm 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 tired of death. I'm tired of confusion. I want some life here. You know. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, but as I listen to you, even though I understand and I've been where you're you're at because I practice those kind of prayers, I know that people that don't have that type of background, um, what we're saying or you're saying right now, can be difficult for some of them to grasp. That's why I endeavor to find Buddhism or different things all around the world um, in all of their cultures, including Wiccan, witchcraft, etc., because they're really saying the same thing. Um, and and we're, all people, using the, we're all using the principles. Yeah, that's it. All that's the time. It, is. it is the idea, the concept, the principle. But, uh, see, a lot of people, they can't see that other group of people it's doing what they're doing. It's just that they're operating from their culture, their knowledge. Uh, and and you can't expect them to just throw all that away. That's what brought them to the level that they are now. And it's why they're looking and desire to more information. And so when they're making the right statements, you and I have to understand that and give it to them. Because so we're, we're to know not only the weapons of the adversary, but we're to know that feeling, that loving, that gender and tender heart that is coming from another individual, a child of light, another brother or sister, another aspect of us that is desirous of knowing. Because I can remember that I used to travel all over the country going to anybody that I heard that had special knowledge. And I'd go everywhere. And, and I'd question them. I'd ask them. I'd do this. I'd do that. It wasn't long. I realized real quick I got to what they had. And I had what I had, and what needed to correct, I corrected. What didn't, I kept, and I just kept going. And pretty soon, my bag began to fill up. Well, that's that's the way life is. We're gaining yes. this knowledge and this insight in every day of our life. Um, even the ass-whipping is an education process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Experience. Well, I, 
You know, I confessed last week, I've easily got 10,000 hours of studying the Bible from a literal perspective. And if you want to talk literally perspective, and it's just only been in the past six months that I've realized the book is an allegory. (laughs) It's like, oh, my God, how did I not see this all this so many years? You know? And and the fact of the matter is, is... um, is if you if you try to go in here and tell any of these religious houses, hey, have you ever read Galatians? Have you ever read the Psalms? But it, it it tells you this is an allegory, okay? And it's like uh, there was never any Abraham, there was never any Jacob, any Joseph, any. These are allegories and thoughts. It's, you know. Oh, I have a question for you. Sorry if I interrupted anybody. How about the Seal of Solomon's? The Seals of Solomon. Those are quite interesting. If you're asking me, I have no idea, but I don't think you're asking me, so I'm going to be quiet. (laughs) Isn't the very name Solomon light, light, light? Yeah, but yeah, that would be still, in English. But you know, slow mo. You know, and if you go back and look at the, you know, um, the languages, um, I, I don't know. I don't know what his seal is. If you want to say it's the two triangles, the star, David, I, I myself think that's perverted. But but then again, it, it may be just another symbol to encode. Um, you know, in, in fact, I think the upwards triangle, you know, they say it's the male and the phallus, but I think it's much different. I, I look at it like this. You're either trapped down here in Hegelian dialectics between the left and the right, or you ascend in, in the inner temple and come to the upper room. And if, as long as you stay down here in the left and the right under your own perceptions and your own spotted cattle, you have to, you have to sacrifice those spotted cattle on the, on the altar and, and, and put to death your your thoughts, your perceptions, and you have to come to the point where you're like, hey, I don't know my head from a hole in the ground, okay? <laughs> it hasn't served me very well, you know? And so I'm going to go in the upper, upper room and find Christ, and we too are going to become one. And we're going to eat the Passover, and we're going to celebrate the Pentecost, and we're going to celebrate tabernacles in that upper room. And and you have to leave him there because that's his understanding and that's how he can relate those states of thought and action because he's learned it from that perspective, which is outstanding, and he's really right on the button. But that seal of Solomon or the star of uh, of Solomon, um, Saul, Om, and On is the three aspects of light. Okay, when you deal with that, you're dealing with the vulva, you're dealing with the vagina, you're dealing with the... uh, the uh, the uterus, and so if you put that light in Salomon or the light of the minds, uh, then what you're doing is put the knowledge of how to create, whether in the physical or in the spiritual realm, with those divisions of the circle, and so uh, as they look at those stages, that's where that would come in because as those two triangles merge. Uh, it's kind of like your subconscious, your three levels, and the superconscious, or uh, the three as- the six aspects of the brain. 
um, because it's divided like that. And yet, if you do use the Hebrew letters to divide that circle even further, uh, some of the flags in the world have, I think it's up to 22 spokes. And yet, those 22 spokes, that wheel is telling you that that's your head, and the 22 spokes are the 22 bones that's in the cranium itself. So you're going to the hill called Golgotha, the place of the skull. All of these things are occurring within the mind, even though we may relate them to different aspects of the physical body, of planning, of, you know, calendars, things of that nature, because everything is a, a mirror kind of reflection or a... Uh, uh, um, it's a slightly off tone of the same tone, and yet so it's just replicating itself over and over and over, kind of like an echo in a way. Does that make sense, a reverberation? Well, you know what you just said that made sense to me? You know, when you talked about Golgotha, listen to this. If everybody wants to talk about the physical crucifixion, you know, cru- where he's crucified, it goes. but look at Revelation chapter 11, verse 8. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom, and Egypt, where our Lord was crucified. Our Lord is crucified in our mind, as long as we stay out here in in Sodom. Okay, now, just think, that is called also Jerusalem. So there's a physical Jerusalem and there's a spiritual Jerusalem. And the difference between physical Jerusalem over yonder called Sodom, called Egypt, and their doctrines uh, is is, uh, in the land of what they're calling Palestine. But in reality, in Hebrews 12, it's telling you about the true Jerusalem, which is a state of mind. They are in a state of war. That's why the messenger of light is always crucified by five cents oriented men. Yes, this is why this is why I was looking at the carnal mind as the men of Sodom because this is where, if, as long as we you know occupy every little second of every single day, and we never go to the upper room and crucify our thoughts on the altar, then we, when in essence what we're doing is we we claim the name of Jesus, we claim the name but we never, ever enter into the temple and share a private moment with them. Never. Yeah, no. yeah we, we, we've claimed it, we've said it, but we've never done or acted in the nature or the characteristics of an enlightened one. So he said, so they say, Lord, Lord, we, we went out and we did, we, we, we did missionary, we, we did this, we love people, we did this. He said, I, I never had a relationship with you. I didn't know you. That, that's right. See, because everything was done from a physical perspective. That's right. This has got to be Jacob uh, intercoursing with Leah. It's all. Uh, it's all our emotions. It's all praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. And it's never, you know, like you say, from an enlightened spot of coming into that upper room and 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 coming to become one with Christ in that upper room. And in a sense, if you become one with Christ, you become I am. You know, well, you are, because see, that Christ, there is an effect in the brain that once you open a certain level of thought, so uh, uh, it's the letter of understanding that kills people. But it's the spirit, the knowledge of the mind and its operations that gives us light. Okay, once I trigger the pineal gland, which is the pine cone, 
and I've raised it up the spine through the Kundalini, and that's a sexual experience there that it's referring to. We're literally having an intercourse from the physical nature of man to this divine high state and having our own ecstasy. We're entering into all the rooms of, let's say, the states of marriage from the male-female aspect, as you might look at it, is a movement or receptor state. Well, as we go into those different levels of thought and being and become one with it, then all the different levels of of uh, the pineal triggers an electrical current, and it runs down a channel nerve, and it goes directly to the uh, what we would call the pillars of Heracles, but you could also call it Boaz and Joaquin. Now, from there, you're going to go into what it looks like if you do an autopsy. It's kind of like a tomb, and that tomb is where you would raise Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus means a divine manifestation of deity and operation. So you're causing the divine state to literally raise the dead, that which had no life or power or ability. As it does that, it creates kind of like an ejaculation, kind of like a, a G-spot full-body squirt for a lady. When that occurs, all of her tensions and all of this crap goes to disappearing because it's thrown out. That's why in the male sex system, uh, the prostate gland is so important. If it gets placid and, and tender and or swollen up, then it does not maintain its ability to function correctly. And so they cannot get rid of that, re, that, uh, that buildup in their system. Well, as we understand that, we triggered that response through the pineal, the going up the channel, going through the pillars, um, uh, and into uh, this uh, this cave state where Lazarus comes forth. We cause this an ejaculatory response to where it literally squirts a special kind of a glucose uh, solution. That goes into the brain. It kicks the whole cerebral cortex, the corpus callosum, online because a chrisming occurs at that point. And that's what makes the Mary the Magdalena boom. It's called the amygdala. When it is balanced, the male, female, the two aspects, the two poles, because both of them are either or. When it goes through that balancing state, it feeds on that sugar uh, glucose energy. That triggers on down the corpus callosum to what we call the pituitary gland, which is the main controller gland in the body. It causes all kinds of things to happen, and we call it the third eye, although the actual sight occurred in the pineal gland, which has uh, um, it, it's got everything that the human eye has, the vitreous humor, etc. It's built just like that, and you're learning to open that so you can see in that realm. And uh, that P-shape will come online. And, um, well, I mean, um, a little lady's hood, if it swells up just right, it looks down there like that penal gland when it's in full bloom. I just had a picture of the Ark of the Covenant. The two angels, you know, are the two hemispheres 
Yeah, it's also the fallopian tubes and the ovaries. <coughs> but what's below is above. And those two aspects have to operate on the middle kingdom. See, China's called the middle kingdom. They're not going to get rid of China. That's the middle kingdom. If you were in Egypt, you had upper kingdom, lower kingdom, and middle kingdom, didn't you? If you're mm-hmm. in Hebrew Israel, what do you have? The knowledge of the crossing over? Israel, the female aspect, by an enlightened state of mind, with the Al Shaddai law, and yet that L is Alut, Alat, and it's female. Yes, that's El Shaddai. Alat, huh? El Shaddai is, um, you know, it's funny you say that because, you know, we, we see this in the Ten Commandments and we don't realize the spiritual honor thy father and thy mother, you know. And, yeah, I understand. Yeah. Yeah, I, I realize. I realize, but the reason that I think you'll find that the dominant is the female aspect is because of this. The only difference between a woman and a man is she has two X's, and a, a normal healthy set of genetics is an X and a Y. There are some that have mutated now over to YY, and they've got very unique types of characteristics and. Uh, uh, there's a lot of problems on that side of the fence because they're missing that emotional feminine characteristic. Well, if you took two X's and you genetically modified them, then you would create an XY chromosome. If you had 64 codons and you're only basically operating with 20 switches on, that ought to let us know that there's a few more switches we can turn on. And and so as we begin to come up the ladder, we're not going to get it overnight. Um, I, you talking about studying this week. Man, I started studying at 8.05 in the evening, September 22nd, uh, 1976, and I've been on this whirlwind ride ever since. You understand? And I said, wore out Bibles and wore out books, and then I think I knew it. Next thing I'd turn around, and just like you said, I knew I didn't know beans from butthole. Exactly. Exactly. You get a new paradigm shift and you're like, geez, man, everything I thought I knew. You know, I can tell you, I can connect you with all the different scriptures. I, easily I have more than 10,000 hours in, in studying the, the Bible. I can connect you here and there and everywhere, but to tell you what it was telling you about me, I couldn't tell you that at all. I could tell you what the story <laughs> said, but I couldn't tell you about me, you know. I think you there's know? a roomy quote. I think there's a roomy quote that says that what you are seeking, you already are. And yep. Jesus yeah, say, follow me. Jesus said, be like me. So we should be doing the things that Jesus was doing: healing the sick, raising the dead, turning the money tables over. You know, taking command of you know the earth, wind, fire, and water. You know. You know, I'm glad you said that. I know what you're saying, and I agree with what you're saying, but I want you to understand. You need to go back over there in Revelation and read about them seven churches. That's seven ages. And yet, that is seven manifestations of people's beliefs and their chakra systems. Some of them have power, some of them don't, some stowed it all the way, but there's something wrong with every damn one of them. Yes. You see what I'm saying? And so uh, it, it's hard to put your finger on a on a silver bullet 
because I don't know of a silver bullet that can cover all the bases. And well, I, I, I remember I, I remember in the law movement in the nineties, everybody was looking for the silver bullet. There was no such damn thing. Unless they went to the hidden lunar feminine aspect and knew how to access her because she is the mother of change. And I used this principle while I was uh, with Fox and them in Dallas several times and would change the outcome of a case. But they just could not seem to go past where in the hell the damn law business was. See, when I say a trust, as much as I know about trust and as much as I use trust, I know that the only true trust there is is to go into the state of trust where I go to the high mind. I can always trust in that aspect. I can always trust in the law that if I apply thought this way, that the female aspect of mind, the creative womb of creation, is going to do this for me, and it's going to be based within these parameters because this is the law, and it changes not. Yes. And that that's where I'm had to go. I've had to lay down I've got law books, I've got I've got a library of law books, I've got one set out here that's over five thousand bucks just to get your hands around them. And and I mean they're fine high grade books. Texas Digest and so forth. But the fact of the matter is, you know something? They don't listen to none of that crap. He says what you bind in heaven is bound on earth, so you have to first bind it in heaven. It's got to be first bound in the higher levels of the consciousness. That's yeah. it. That's why if you do it in the high levels of the mind, it says you have spiritual weapons to the pulling down of strongholds, principalities, yes. powers, kingdoms, yes. governments. But you have to believe that and apply that principle from, to make them bow and to make them confess that this level of mind is the Lord, the ruler of all. Because this principle, they must operate it one way or the other. And if you or I do the correct thing, there is no weapon formed that can come against us because we're using the aspect of mind where there is nothing that can attack the divine self. This is why I believe in my whole heart, if if you're in something that's troublesome and you have fear written all over your face, they know you don't believe. You have not secured it in the heavenly realm. That's correct. You've got to change it. You've got to be able to look at them with the face of the lion. The righteous are bold as a lion. Yes. The rest of them are a bunch of whipped-ass dogs running, screaming, and squalling as loud as they can. Uh, they yeah. just uh, like that young bull is out there when they brought that great big bull. All the other bulls were talking about how bad they were till they seen big boy step out of the trailer. And that little <laughs> fellow started bellowing and bawling. And they looked down and they said, what's wrong with you? He said, man, I ain't claiming nothing. I just want to make sure that he knows I'm a bull. <laughs> Hey, I wanted to share something with you guys because this came to me a couple of days ago. You know, we look at the Constitution, we look at the Declaration of Independence, we look at the preamble, and we look at all these capitalized letters, you know, and these capitalized nouns, and we say, hold on a minute, man. You know, I went to school and they taught me all the eight rules of capitalization, and none of these meet those eight rules. And so... This is either written in a foreign language, but 
it's certain I can read it in English. So what is this? Until you get to realizing this is a ninth rule of capitalization that they never they don't teach they don't teach this on the lower levels. They teach this on the thirty eighth grade level. This is post PhD level here. And and this ninth rule requires that those words that are capitalized don't have a common meaning. They're not even pronounced the same way. That's they correct. are totally differently pronounced. They have a different meaning altogether. You can't read that with the common. So, so what, here's my point of this. How can you read the Bible and think for one second that you got a handle? Or how can you read the Constitution and think for one second you got a handle? Because you don't have a handle. I don't have. I don't know what the Constitution means. I'll never know what the Constitution means unless somebody who wrote it or somebody who knows what it means tells me. Otherwise, I've got no business there. I'm not. I'm not part of the high contracting powers. It's not for me. I can't claim it. And there's no way in the world I'm ever going to know what it means. Yep, you done it with old brother Philip at the book of Acts in the 8th chapter. Notice, the Acts of the Apostles, and yet it's called Philip. Look up Philip's name. He had two daughters that prophesied. Where is he? He's in the 8th chapter. He's speaking to a eunuch from Candace's court. He's going to go back and tell the good news, and he don't even have a pair because somebody took him out. And the next time they see him, he is gone and at a place called Azotus. Damn, there's that serpent in there again. He's talking to you about someone that steps into these realms of the mind. That's that my operate. point. Is that this book called the Bible was not was never meant to be in the hands of the common people. This book called the Bible was meant to be in the hands of a Melchizedek priest. This was never meant. Them and the Flavians. See, the Flavian Caesars will start really in 44 with Julius, and then the Flavians come along. Everything they wrote in the Bible was in a code. Everything. That's why they tell you in law today, we'll write the law for you any way you want. We just retain the right to interpret it, and the devil is in them details. Exactly. And if you, in, in other words, you know, I, I read this thing where it talks about their their sacred honor and their this, that, and the other, and all of these <laughs> things are capitalized. And you say, well, I know what honor means. No, you don't. you got no clue what it meant until you went into that inner chamber and until you sat down with the people who wrote this or you talked to their posterity. Who know? Because it was written for their posterity. And if you weren't yeah. one of those high contracting uh, high contracting parties, then you will never know what it means. So don't even try to know. That's that's how you you, you go before them and you say, I can't know these things. I, there's how can I understand these things? I can't know. It's impossible for me to know. It's it's like Gary said years ago. It's a technical impossibility for you to become a United States citizen. You cannot know unless the higher power reaches you, reaches down, and pulls you up. And you know, and this is why the Melchizedek priest is, has has the Bible in his hand. And if you think, you know, I've got well, uh, well over ten thousand hours of studying the Bible. I never understood it until recently. 
and these these parables are coming alive. I feel like I'm alive for the first time. You know, I'm like, Dad, God, I've never understood these things. You know? Well, you you made a statement about on our sacred honor. Look up the definition and the etymology and several others just to get an idea of the term sacred. Sacred and sacra, sacra coxagil. Remember that little cave? He could only see the hinder parts. There was some unique knowledge being passed there. Well, I myself, in regard to these things, these um, these constitutions and these things, I, there's no way I can have any trust in them. It's been written in a language that I don't understand. So how the heck am I going to have any trust there? How can I even sign myself up to the agreement when I can't even understand what I'm signing myself up to? I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I really do. But what I am telling you is that you can see the secrets into their insights where you may not know everything that they know, but you can know enough. Uh, like the fellow said, uh, I may speak a little pigeon French, but uh, I'm not going to say too much. I'm just going to listen and play dumb. But you're going to say the right stuff. I'm going to know enough pigeon and enough French that I'm going to kind of figure out what two and two is and know how to get to four. But <laughs> so you have to maintain and keep yourself to where you're open and you're listening. And yet you have to be able to change your mind often once you find that there is a higher key that's there. There's many of the secrets that I found in scriptures. Uh, well, true, they were in their definition or in the usage in another verse in another place and defined itself within it, within itself. And then I would find those terms or those idea concepts in other languages, religions, etc. And I was able to link them together. And um, after I went through the silver program and that unique uh, religious or spiritual experience is really what it was uh, in 76, uh, my world dramatically changed. And, um, I mean, uh, it's difficult to explain to people because people, they, they want to judge you this and that and the other from what they perceive or they think. They ain't got a clue, just like you're saying, Michael Joseph. There's no way to judge them people that was on the constitutional board because they met in secret behind closed doors. We automatically know somebody wasn't telling somebody something. And the United States government to this day is one of the most secretive organizations that there is on the planet. Yes. It's time I got to get out of here. I got to be up early in the morning. Uh, hopefully I'll have my computer back. But I enjoyed talking to you again, uh, and I think Sapira was in there, and Gypsy Girl was in there, and Jim was in there, and Rocco was in there, and all the rest of you in there, so I'm sure glad you're there. I couldn't tell you how many of you on here or not. I hope it was a good call with a bunch of you. But anyway, uh, MJ, good to talk to you again, and keep on going, brother. Hell, uh, you keep the fires uh, burning, and we'll all see some light. Thank you for having me. Your you. Look, I love you. I'm gonna kill this thing, Jim. It's your dog. I, I'm I'm out of here. Shalom, brother. We love you. Shalom. Yeah. Like you were saying earlier, a wise man changes his mind often, but a fool never does. <laughs> yeah, we have to change our mind often. We're always having to make a choice, and yes. and always think outside of the box. To, 
they try to keep us in the box where we can't see or know what's going on. But when we raise our understanding up to this higher self, then we're able to see and move and have our being just like the scripture says to where they have no control because there is no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Well, think about it like this. One time back in 2010, this all happened to me at one time. I mean, all within two months, this all came down on my head at one time. A guy climbed up underneath my house and set my house on fire. What? Okay. And at the same time, I had got pulled over and I don't. I didn't have a driver's license. I didn't have insurance, and I didn't have inspection or whatever. And I just rode up and down the road under Psalm 91. So at the same time, I was I was going through a foreclosure, and the local county was wanting to try to take the house. And at the very same time, the the Department of Revenue had placed uh, business cards on my front door saying. Um, you owe us quite a bit of tax, okay? Yes, sir. And at this particular time, I had everybody chirping in my ear saying I needed to do this and I needed to do that. And there's a woman on this call, and I don't know if she's still on this call, but I sat down and with some other men and women, and we convened a, a private ecclesiastical court, and we heard the matter, and she scribed the matter, and and the matter went forward, and we did all these things, and we we thought ourselves to be so very intelligent, and we thought ourselves to be so very wise, and we thought ourselves to be, you know, rising above all these law systems and all this that and the other. And at the and at the moment of the rubber hitting the road, I refused to go to their court. I didn't go. So what happened? Out. Out issues a warrant. By the way, the guy tries to burn my house down in the meantime. There's a warrant for my arrest. I've got police officers now banging on my door at 2.30 in the morning. I got them pulling my wife over, going, where's your husband? Okay. And all of this just turmoil, man, absolute turmoil. But I had built my ark long before, and I had, and I was able to go into it and to find solace, I was able to find comfort, and I was able to think. And I took my whole family out away from my house, and we went, and I we put them in a place where they didn't have any fear. And and literally, um, I decided one day, enough is enough. I've got to walk down into this valley, and I've got to face Goliath. And I had to do it. You can't just say this is going to go away. I had to literally walk down this valley and, and go down there to the magistrate and say, okay, enough's enough. All right? And I did that. And I remember the day of the, of the, of the court case. I'm sitting here looking at well over a year's worth of jail time and potentially about $1,000 worth of fines on top of the year. And, wow. and I remember... I, I would not. I refuse to to bow to the traditions of man. So I let I let all the herd go in there and stand up before you know their their man in black robe and and I stood outside that courtroom and I was like a a a, a caterpillar caught, just curled up in a cocoon, man. 
And I was like, no weapon shall form against me. Shall and I just went into this prayer, man, and everything just shut out. I said, I've hung my whole life, you know, on this moment. And I had. And, you know, when I went in there, no fear. I had no fear. I had, it was totally gone. And I went up there, and they called my name, and I said, open. I went over there, and I had a discussion with the DA. And the DA looked at me and smiled at me and said, if you ever want to get your driver's license again, you just have to come see us. And I said, well, then that's the completion of our business. And she said, yes, have a nice day. I said, and you too. Walked out. Wow. Right. And and the thing is, is the guy who burns down my house, now I've got the DA yapping in my ear saying, you want to press charges? And I said, I can't. It's your estate. I can't press charges. This is your deal, not mine. And so eventually this went away as well. And eventually I, I, I rose above the IRS. I met them. See, these people are not your adversary, okay? <laughs> The men and women are not our adversaries. No, but if we go in there with that mindset, as a man or woman thinketh, so are they. Yep. Yep, so when you go in there with the mind of peace, he says, I'll meet you on a place where there is no war, which, I mean, that's within the upper room, so to speak, or in that higher state of consciousness. We, we're all... Uh, how can I put it? We're all connected. And, you know, it does say in the scriptures that Yahweh will fight our battles for us. If we let the true divine law work its way and we get ourselves out of the way and let that higher mind work in us, mm-hmm. then therefore we will go forth conquering and to conquer. Do, do you know that this past um, year, um, for years now, all the way since 2006, we have cured the IRS problem. We no longer have any problems with the IRS. But this year, I, this past year, I prayed. Now, my wife, if she found out I did this, she would be, you know, but I prayed that the IRS would have a problem with what we were doing and that I would have an opportunity to actually walk in the shoes of those who complained to me all the time saying, yeah, I got some sort of frivolous filing or some sort. So I prayed for that. I prayed that the IRS would look at what we did and say, that's frivolous, and um, and now um, we want to challenge you, okay? And so this past year, I, you know, it's so amazing. I call these people up, and I'm just friendly as I can be to them. And I'm like, how can I help you? I really want to help you. But... You know, I thank you for your proposals and your offers, and I see where you have written me a new proposal here, and I see, but I just can't accept this, and these are the reasons why, okay? And so they started off saying we owed them this, that, and the other. In the end, it went down, and it went down further, 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 and now it's to the point where they're literally, you know, um, writing us, trying to get, get us to basically give them a couple of hundred bucks. All right, and and we're like, no, um, I just we just wrote another letter here, and and there's no adversarial nature. It's just like, no, uh, we just we just don't feel like that we need to do that. Okay, and <laughs> I mean we're using we're using yeah. lawful principles, but there's yes. no reason to meet 
this this man or woman on the battlefield because I'm not really battling with this clerk on the other end because they just work for this system, you know? I agree. Brother Joe, go ahead. Uh, yeah, uh, Brother Joe, I, hey, I understand. Uh, I've been there to a great extent. Uh, I am just a living spirit of the creator, nothing more. And I, and I can't call on any more than the divine spirit and the energy and meditation and reaching for a divine intervention to solve anything that comes against me. The armor is so great. It is Amen. difficult. It is difficult. And I, I know, Joseph, exactly how you feel. Because... Even though you resolve one thing, another thing comes, and you resolve it, and you resolve it, and peace gradually comes until you have an understanding where you are at peace, that yes. anything that comes against you, hey, I'm just a living spirit of the creator. You become and a witness. Take, you, you, you become a witness his power. Yes, it is. It is. And it's like... Um, I can I have a greater understanding and a, and a and a greater understanding even in the crisis in the world because as I have even told my children okay if they want my life take it I'm available if you want my head in the court take it but I am a divine living creature of the universe it's not for me to call what you will pay, okay? But I offer it to you, okay, if this is justice and under the divine creator. Well, it's it's I, I like what you what you're doing here, what you're saying, because it goes like this. If if you make a claim, if if if, if you're claiming against me, then I'm gonna say to you, okay. Okay, uh, um, your claim stands. I mean, the, the thing of it is, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and, and give you what you want, and, and then I'm going to then turn it around on you, and I'm going to issue my claim. And I'm going to prosecute for my claim. And I'm going to say, hold on a minute, this, this is what, this is my claim, okay? Now, hopefully, we can resolve these things Yes. And you can come to see the light, and I don't have to issue my claim. But if I issue my claim, then I will say, okay, you, I've been libeled now, and I've been slandered, and I'm with serious harm. And I'm going to now not be the tail. I'm going to be the head. And you don't really want me to be the head, okay, because I, I'm not going to let go of this milk bone, okay? I'm just not going to do it, you know? And, and so... The thing is, is I would prefer, just like the scripture says, let's come together, let's have a meeting of the minds, and yes. let's see if we can't we can't do this thing privately. Okay, we don't need to bring this into the public arena. Let's see if we can't. You can come to see that there was a presumption here. You have made a false presumption about me, and and you in error. And all I'm doing for you, friend is keeping you from stubbing your toe because you're getting ready to make a grave mistake. And I'm here to help you see the light, you know? Because if I if, if, if you push me too far, 
then I'm gonna then it's gonna it's gonna flip. And I'm I'm not gonna sit here like ninety nine percent of the sheep and say, Oh my god, Goliath is just too big. No sirree. I'm gonna become a Goliath and I'm gonna issue my claim. And see, and then we're gonna have to bring this into the public and I don't wanna have to do that. So right. there's no reason why I have to raise my voice. There's no reason why I have to get upset. There's no reason why I have to be fearful. There's no reason why it, when you come to this point of Noah, you come to this point of rest. Like you said, it's beautiful what you said. Because at this point, there's no fear. And when there's no fear, man, that we've lost all of our weapons. There's no fear. How are we going to use fear against this guy? <laughs> right? Because if they can use fear against you, that they, they it's like Gary said earlier in the call. If if you're of the beast mind, and if you've got like a like a, a beast a cattle type of uh, lower mind response, then they know what your responses are going to be. They know that you'll sit there and do nothing in your fear, and they already know. All they got to do is just do it, and they already know what your responses are going to be. And I, it's I, almost like a computer program, Joseph. How do you bring a claim against a divine spirit? Um, well, it's like anything else. It's like what, for instance, if, um, okay, if you're going to put on a mask, then you've lowered yourself. You've lowered your face to the ground, okay? You have become the heel and not the head. If you put on a mask, then at that point, then you yourself have have become an actor in a play, and you have now lowered yourself. Okay, you chose to do it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't make you do a thing. That's what you chose to do, right? That's pretty much what we all chose when we incarnated in a physical body, correct? <laughs> correct. And and look at that word incarnate. You see the word carnal right in the middle of it. See, it's. It's see, and we we said, okay, this is what you know, and so all of our, you know, we're all down here in Sodom and Gomorrah, and all of our thoughts are, um, are are waging war against, you know, the spiritual nature is what we want to try to come back to, you know. But listen, I can't, I can't always be in church. I can't sit in church twenty four seven. I mean, as soon as I'm, you know, I, as soon as I sit down, I'm looking at my watch, going, is it time to go yet? You know. I mean, I got things to do, you know. I mean, I just can't always be in meditation. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I can't be there all the time. I got to have balance. I got to go out and do the things that, I, that the other things too, right? It's got to be balance in my life. Joseph, don't you feel? I mean, I feel that I am the church. Okay, I am the God. Okay, you uh, and uh, uh, I. Oh, when I say church, understand what I'm saying. I'm saying. Going into my state of meditation. I'm not talking about going down here to some okay. brick building. I've got you. I've got you. Okay, so I, it's really interesting when I look at the scriptures now, and I see whenever the holy things are to be manufactured, you see that it's to be made of stones. But when you see the religious things of man, you see it's made of bricks, strong yes. brick and some sort of. You see, and these are the components that man puts together. He says, well, I, well, this is what I think pleases God. I think God would be happy with this. Yeah, I think God might like that too, you know. It's all emotion. It's just emotional, you know, response to uh, this is what I think. This is what it means to me. And it's all, it's all BS. 
you know, that's why it's an individual thing to each and every one. So, so you know, to go down here to some building and raise our hands and do a little dance and say, praise the Lord, and hey, we all feel good, and the Spirit's flowing here, wrong. Spirit ain't got nothing to do with that place. No. I agree. And, and so, I enjoyed you, know, you last week. I enjoyed you last week, and I enjoyed you today as well. I think that the dialogue that you have with Gary and Gypsy, um, it's been uh, food for me uh, and giving me even more energy, okay? And I thank That's you funny. for it. Oh, well, shoot. <laughs> I mean, you know, it gives me. I mean, listen, man. I mean, here's the great thing. Everybody wants to put down the, the church out here and say, man, these guys are all blind. But you know what's so awesome about the church spreading out all over the whole world? That when their eyes open, it's spread out all over the whole world. It will spread like fire when their eyes finally open. Yes, sir. Okay? Yes. When they're raised there. from the dead. When they're it's raised from the dead. Yes. When, when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, Lazarus is the Greek rendition of Eleazar. Eleazar is the son of Aaron, a priest of the Most High God. And when that priest is raised from the dead and their eyes open and, and, and Jonah is spit out of that great whale, you know, the, the church system today, and the new wine, the man with the pitcher pours out that new wine upon them all, it'll spread like wildfire, you know? As the blind will see. And so until that day happens, you know, these men and women, they're not my adversary. My adversary is, is, is happening on a spiritual plane. It's happening now. Yes. I am my I am my biggest adversary to tell you the truth. If I don't want to find my biggest adversary, I look in the mirror. Same here. Same here. I, 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 I agree. Can't, can't you see how the adversary serves you? Yes. Exactly. Exactly. The tribulation that I go through is like it, it brings me into it it refines me. It, it, it's a way to heat up that, 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 what do you call that stuff in the gold and the silver, you know, the stuff you want to skim off, you know. It, it, yeah. it reveals that in me that has to be removed, you know. And, and so, you know, this past week, man, this past week I lost my best friend. I mean, not my best friend, but my, you know, my companion, my dog, the one who's been all by my side here. I mean, this dog wouldn't leave my side, you know what I'm saying? Oh, and, yes. And, man... This dog had such respect for me. He wouldn't even look me in the eyes. He had tremendous respect for me. And he taught me so much about love and about, you know, just let it go, man, live in the moment, you know. And, and man, when he died, I wept like a two. I, mean, I, God, I cried. For two days straight, I cried. And and you know what? There's, there's strength in weakness. You know, there is strength in your weakness. There really is. And it revealed in me, it revealed in me that the most powerful, the most powerful force in the entire universe is love, man. It is the, it is the principal thing in the universe is love. It is love. The same happened to me with my dog, and I cried, and I cried. I have another dog, and I've had another dog now for about 10 years, and he's getting older, and we are so close that we even talk without talking. 
Hey, even my squirrels, I feed my squirrels. It's been a bad winter, but I still have to put nuts out there, even though they are fat when they come down and get them. But the nature feeds, the animal feeds. I get more energy from the animals of the universe than I do from the ordinary man. You know, it's because that I think animals. There, there's a show that I would. I'm going to tell you guys about. Maybe you've all already seen it, but I love this show. It came on here here in North Carolina, and it, maybe it's probably like this nationwide thing. But I, I don't know if it is or not. It's called PBS, the Public Broadcasting uh, Service, and and there was a show that came on, and it was called um, My Life as a Turkey Mom. Or, or maybe maybe it was my life as a turkey, or something like that. Anyway, look it up. It's only uh, fifty minutes long, but basically, this man raises twelve turkeys. Okay, twelve, 12 turkeys, and he tries to raise them so that they're as wild as they possibly can be. And there comes a day when nature accepts him, and when nature accepted him, the deers would walk right up to him. It was fantastic. I mean, the rattlesnake would just come right up to him. The deer just came right up to him. Nature just welcomed him right in. They no longer feared him. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Well, that's kind of like at my house here now. I have every morning in my backyard, even up on my deck, uh, the deer come up here. They don't. We can go out on the deck. They don't run off. They don't leave. And I live in town. Someone else come out next door to the house, they'll run off. I mean, if I mean, we have to become one with nature, and uh, all that fear will go away. They know you're not going to do them no hurt or harm. Well, think about having that same kind of mindset with um, with uh, your. What I perceive, like, listen, I've got two children. I've got a daughter that's 14, and I have a son that's um, nine. And I look at my son, and this may sound crazy to you all, but I call my son my brother, and I call my daughter my sister. And she knows exactly that I'm meeting her on a spiritual plane. And I said, I thank Yahweh for, for trusting me enough to grant you to my trust so that I can be part of your spiritual development. But I meet her. I call my dad brother because I meet him on the plane that he's my spiritual brother. All right, and and this is able consciousness. It's not Cain. Cain says, "Oh no, we got religion. We got this, that, and the other." Abel says, "No, no, 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 no. We are all brothers and sisters of the Most High God." All right. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I know it's crazy. I mean, most people say, man, you're nuts, all right, and so be it. You know, I, I mean, I'm like Abraham on the plains of the Ur of the Chaldee. I had to leave it all behind, man. I don't claim any nationalism. I don't claim any patriotism. I don't claim any any religion. I don't claim I, – I, I had to leave it all behind, man. You know, I just left it behind. Had to let it go. I just tell people I am that I am that I am. That is what I am. <laughs> the other night, the other night we were invited to a concert, and the guy who um, it was a friend of mine who was going to be singing at this concert, 
and it was a gospel music concert. And if it wasn't for my friend who was going to be singing, I wouldn't have gone. But but this band, this group gets up and they start singing this I'm Proud to Be an American. And I was so proud of my family. You know, there was probably 400 people in there standing up with hat off and hand over heart screaming I'm proud to be an American. And my family, the four of us, stay seated. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the hell with this, you know. <laughs> you know? That's a, you know. And and I, my my son just looked me right in the eyes, and I looked at him, and I said, "How do you feel? Do you feel like you want to stand?" He said, "No, Dad." I said, "Great." I I understand. I understand. You know, but that shows that they're not tied to the system like everyone else is. My daughter and my family saw how the police a- attacked us, and, and what it did is it broke their trust. You know how they, they bring the police to you around the first grade if you came up in public school, and they, they bring the police to you in the first grade, and they say, we're here to help you. If you're ever in trouble, call 911, you know. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, it's like a knife in the back of the head when you get pulled over and the guy's ready to beat you over the head with a billy stick and you're like, hey, this wasn't a friendly guy who came to see me in the first grade, you know? And so my my children were able to see that it's, it, it was just all an illusion, an illusion of control, and it broke the trust in their mind. And yes. so they they don't have trust in all these systems out here, you know? And uh, that's important. That's important to break that. Because once it's established, it's extremely hard to break. Well, it's apparent that your children's crown chakra is open, and it's because of the teachings, okay, of you and your family. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. I'll just admit to you, men and women, that, um, like I said, If you want to, if you, I could tell you, I could link together the scriptures from here. I can, I can quote them. I can, I mean, I mean, I'm little. I bet you I've got uh, close to fifteen thousand hours of just. I study it every single day, and then as of late, uh, as of the past uh, four months, I had a paradigm shift. You know, I was just thinking about things, walking down a trail. Um, you know, one day out here by myself, I was out here walking the dog. And I had a paradigm shift in my thought. It just came to me out of the blue. And it, and I was like, oh, wow. Men don't live 969 years. These must have been churches. Adam was the first church. You know, Seth was the church that followed. And then on and on to, to Noah. These are the most ancient churches. And I'm like, what man lives 969 years old? This is ridiculous. Come on, man. You know, start to open your eyes and think about these things, you know. And and just that little thing, that little aspect of just that tiny little paradigm shift was the door that swung open for me. I know it sounds crazy, but you no, hear me. And I, I used to sit here and tell you all about the sex act that happened in the garden, and I'd tell you on and on about who fathered Cain and who fathered you know um, Abel, and 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 now I realize. This is an allegory for what goes on in yeah. our minds, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's it, it's a path, it's a progression, and and so 
you know, and, and other people are further along the path, but that doesn't mean that they're any lesser. It's look at what Abraham said. Look at what Abraham, like when Abraham is so bold as to argue with God, he said, Father, he said, would you save this city for 50 souls, for 50 righteous? And 50, of course, is the five senses spiritualized. This is one who is, is I mean, come alive, you know, and not only... Is, is, is his aspects of who he is, the senses are, are spiritualized. He said, yes. He said, would you save it for 45, not quite 50? He said, yes. Four and five is nine, consciousness. Would you save it for 40? The four aspects of man, you know, um, emotional, intellectual, physical, and spiritual. He said, yes. How about 30? Your male and female aspects have come together and become one. And you have submitted yourself as the wife to the bride, the chaste virgin to the to the husband, and you've entered into the upper room. He said, yes. yes. He said, what about 20? He said, if only the male and the female have come together but not yet submitted himself to the husband, would you do it? They said, yes. He said, what about 10? He said, what yes, if sir. there's just a spark? What if there's just, just, just a little knowledge of God? He said, I'll save it for 10. You know, and the religious crowd says you're going to hell if you don't join our gang. You know what I mean? It's ridiculous. Yes, sir. How about how about we just come as we are? That's what I'm saying. That's what it's telling us to come as we are. But you know, Joseph, when Abraham was traveling and he told his wife to deny their marriage and go to the king to save his life. I question Abraham, and I have since. Okay, well, hold on a minute. Abraham is you. Okay, yes. his wife, Sarai, at that point, is his emotional side. Okay, and the world is symbolized by Pharaoh. And let me tell you about the world. The world will use that which you love against you if the world knows that it can. And the spiritual side, the Sarah of him, okay, the Sarah of him, okay, it, he, he doesn't want to sacrifice that which he loves dearly. So he says, say that you are my sister. My sister is always spirit. Sister is spirit. He says, say that you are my sister so that they won't kill me and take you, okay? So what's happening here, this isn't some man who's saying, okay, this is you. This is, this is what's going on inside of every single one of us every single day of our lives. Yes, sir. The whole book of the Bible is talking about us and what's going yes. on with us. So I got but it's also with some man I who was weak. I look at it as putting a, a woman, which is the birth canal, the birth canal of everything in the universe, below man. No, he he said. Look at the analogy. He said. He said, say that you are my sister. He said, say that you are my sister. You have to be. You have to be careful about what's being said here. And what you're doing is you're playing emotion against spirit. The the story of him going down to Egypt. Egypt is the place of the carnal mind, or the yeah. lower mind. And yeah. what's happening is, is you're playing. In other words, you go down here to your church, 
and you jump up and down and you sing your song and you say, praise the Lord, it's so wonderful, Jesus is so great. Now, they know that's Abraham saying, um, tell them you're my sister and not my, um, you know, my wife. Right? So uh, this is the emotional. He's willing to sacrifice the emotional. He, he's, he's, he's like, he's like um, you know, how shall I say it? Now, actually, it's just the opposite of that. He doesn't want to sacrifice the emotional. He doesn't want to lose out of one of them. All right? So he says, tell them you're my sister. It's just, it, it, it's just a coping mechanism, all right? But you yourself know to see, in fact, you are the pharaoh. The pharaoh aspect is you too. The, the yep. pharaoh aspect is you saying, yeah, that's right. That's why I left religion a long time ago, because religion ain't got nothing for me, okay? That's right. Religion is, is empty and void. So you're pharaoh in the analogy as well. Yeah, you're the making the the decision. Mm-hmm. And the Pharaoh said to to the uh, to Abraham, "How could you have done this to me? I, w- I might have slept with her, and that would have been trouble." You see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tell everybody, you know, the, the scriptures that they're reading, it's talking about, you know, it's talking about the physical body and what's going on within the body, and who and what we really are. Yep, exactly. You know, it's in an allegorical and metaphorical uh, state and meaning of the stories, but it's really telling us what's really going on with our body and how to keep it alive and keep it healthy. But at the same time, it's telling us about the spiritual aspect of the true us. I believe that with my whole heart now. I used to think that, um, you see, when Jesus was here, and see, I believe, listen, man, if Jesus Christ, if it's in the scriptures, that's a spiritual book. If Jesus Christ said do it, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm rolling with Jesus Christ. That's the authoritative, that's the authority. I'm doing that. So Jesus, you know, he um, he said, before Abraham was, I am. <laughs> I am Abraham, buddy. And they said, but then, but then all the scribes, all the men of, all the men of Sodom, all those Pharisees and Sadducees start chirping in your ear the Cain aspect of you, the Ham aspect of you, saying, "You're not Abraham, you know. You can't do these things. Where's your fig leaves, man? You got to, you got to have some fig leaves to cover up that shameful deed you did. Remember that thing you did?" But you know the the Jesus aspect that everybody's, I mean. I mean, uh, they talk about, I mean, there's a papal bull from Pope Leo X from 1519 to 1521 where it says how well we know this myth and fable of Christ has served us well. They made up the so-called Jesus. The the man that came was Emmanuel. But it, that's also there's also a deeper deeper meaning there, which Emmanuel means in man is the L, in man is the ever living. Yes, the the myth. And be careful about that. You don't want to go. You know, the myth that they're talking about is that this this is how. In other words, this is what they created. The myth that they created is that Jesus is some superman that can do all things that you can't do, you know? Yeah. I understand, but the very name Jesus means Zeus. Zeus. Oh, well, hold on a minute. That's Don't get all caught up in that. Um, I, I'm a student of language. 
Yahushua is Hebrew, and it means Yahavah is salvation. Yeshua is Aramaic. It means Yahavah is salvation. Eusus is a transliterated form of Yeshua from Aramaic to Greek, and Jesus is a transliterated form from Greek to English. They all mean the same thing, Yahavah is salvation. No, they don't, because the J was never in the English alphabet until the 17th century. Right. Yes, it was. Uh, you're right, man. We can definitely the name was ever used until recently. This city down there in Washington is laid out with alphabet names, states, and there's no J there when it was designed. That was in the 1700s. And they were all about the J. The Yes, 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 I know exactly what you're saying. But listen, do you think for one second that I'm one of those five foolish virgins? I know exactly what's being said. And if you want to take what someone else sold to you as a lie, so be it. But you know and I know that that when they say Jesus, it means Yahweh's salvation. I don't do that. Why even use the wrong people you know that don't use it? I mean, why do I care what somebody else thinks? I, I don't... I know what it means. When in Jesus Christ, I got no problem using the name Jesus Christ. I know what it means. But it I understand, Joseph. I understand. Yeah, but the Christian aspects different people. And if you're gonna teach anybody, you better meet them where they are. And and you better meet them with their understandings. And if you think you're gonna talk to someone here in America and you're going to use the name Yeshua or Yehoshua or Eusis, they're going to look at you and say, you're nuts. Who's that? They usually want to know why and they're very enlightened and thankful when they find it out. I've been doing this, son, for over 30 years. Exactly. So there's a whole whole religious movement set up over a name, over a day. Hey, I keep Saturday. The other guy says, hey, I keep Sunday. And another guy says, I've come to rest. It's not really a name. It's not even a name that we're talking about. Exactly. It's a character. It's the aspect of the mind, the Christ, the Christ. Exactly. That's where they get that from. It ain't got nothing to do with somebody called Jesus or Jack or Fred. You know, that doesn't mean anything. The name Jesus doesn't mean a hill of beans to about anything. Well, because I know the system... the is the anointed state of the mind, which is what, where we come to that enlightened state of understanding, where we gain wisdom and knowledge. And it doesn't have not one thing to do with what we call Jesus. It's the That's right. Christ, the chrism, the aspect within us. When he said, those who call on my name shall be saved, it has nothing to do with with whispering some sort of magic incantation to say, I want to use the name Jesus and now I'm saved. That's absurd. It's the authority, the the character, the response, the understanding, the office, the renown, the report. This is, you know, know, and it has nothing to do with call my name. There is no power in that name. There is... I know they said that's the name above every name. The name above every name is yod heh vav Y-H-V-H. Well, that's, that's why... That's the characteristic of the, the true hidden nature of the Almighty Creator. 
you'll hear me you'll hear me refer to um, the Christos as uh, Yahushua. Yeho Yahushua. Uh, Shua means salvation. Yah is the shorthand name for Yahweh Yahweh. Yahushua literally means in in Hebrew Yahweh is salvation, which comports exactly with Psalm twenty seven verse one. Yahweh okay. is salvation. All right, you're the salvation because you're the only one that can save yourself. Well, I can well, choose. On, the, on another level, choose. may I refer you to a book by Dr. Leonard Schlein, The Alphabet Versus the Goddess? And all these, this language stuff creates a lot of arguments. You know, and before, exactly. before there were language, there was the goddess. You know, and, and like in the Ten Commandments, Thou shalt not have any graven images before me because the goddess, you know, the right uh, brain sees in pictures and symbols. And and there's so many arguments over words. Yes. Words. I I agree. I'm not talking about that. Uh, I'm talking about the frequency of the word. Our mind sees in pictures. That's how we understand. That's why... you hear people say a picture is worth a thousand words. I agree with that because you there you can look at a picture and get a uh, you can tell a story off just a right. Every a, picture a tells picture. a story. Rod Stewart, yeah, <laughs> and you know, and it's it's the whole male ego thing because before men knew where babies came from, they thought a woman was a goddess because she gave birth. And then slowly, it dawned on them, hey, that's my baby. And then it went from my baby to my woman to my home to my land. And, and you know, but when nobody knew who their kids were, everybody yeah, took care of the community. All right, but they did have the goddess aspect in the beginning, right? And the women right. were, the ones, were the ones in authority, not the men. They were right. just the workers. Right. People got this whole idea of things just twisted around. Man wants to maintain that authority like he's somebody. It wasn't. It was the women that were esteemed, not the men. They were just common workers. I mean, come on, come on. Listen, I'm not, above, I'm not above my wife, and my wife's not above me. We're going to meet at the table of equality, and that's the way it's going to be in my house. And I don't allow anybody to come in my house and tell me different. Well, there's some, right. some people so that say, that, you know, there house. was always XX, and the Y was an anomaly. A lot of Indians believe that. Dr. Or Robert Morningsky said that men are, were like a genetic defect, you know. And a lot of times they shriek like a... Yeah, well, exactly. That's because of the, what we're, so in, in, in a sense, you know, they say, hey, you don't have the same name our gang uses, you know. Our gang uses this name. Your gang uses that name. Who cares right. what name you use, you know? I, don't, I know I don't. Yeah, it's know? more important that, you know, the kids get fed, you know. <laughs> you know, how come people are starving on this planet? Exactly. How old is humanity, you know? Why are so many people willing to take, I mean, I understand you're very learned, Michael Joseph, and there's other people on there too, but, I mean, you need to take, uh, I mean, take both sides of the book and look at it. 
not just pick and choose from what you want out of there. Well, amen. Amen. Because it, amen. it was clearly from thousands of years back that, you know, their women were highly esteemed. And that's where well, before, that got us from cult. a lot of other things. Yeah, before the solar cult and the uh, moon cult, there was the stellar cult. And that's when men and women were equals. And yes. the Bible could be interpreted in astrology and yes. allegories. Just as the Bible can still be interpreted. The, 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 um, yeah, the and I that is like that. the observer effect. Anything can be observed the way you want it to be observed, you know, and right. and everybody's right and everybody's wrong, you know, because it's all about this language and, and twisting of language and terms and, you know, like law, you know, how how many pages does is, 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 you know. No, that's, that's why, they, that's why that's the kingdom of consciousness, and you can't let any any man judge you on your consciousness. That's why one man says, hey, you keep Saturday and I keep Sunday. And I say, well, hey, you know, I've come to Noah. You know, I keep every day as a day of rest for me. I mean, you go ahead and keep on with this bullshit about Saturday or Sunday all you like. I don't really care. You know, I don't care. And And, you know, I just don't care anymore. It's just like I'm free from all this. Yeah, yeah, but you cannot say that we're like we were talking earlier about the the feminine aspects, how they were esteemed, and this and that. And you said, "Well, no, it ain't gonna be that way. We're equal. We're all created equal." Yes. The thing is, well, without I it's, it's just the roles. It's the roles that people play, and because the woman is more emotional, and because she is the nurturer which sets up the family and the community, I do think she should play a greater role. Cause well, look, men, at, look at the, uh, you know, the Godhead. I don't even think, I don't even think we know how to be men and women anymore. Exactly. And in today's climate, in today's climate, they are twisting and bending everything. I think they want to eliminate, you know, any gender, you know, and make everybody. I think you're right. Which one right. came first, the man or the woman? The woman's being pushed today, yes. The rise of the woman's being pushed today. No, not the rise of the woman did come first, so the male couldn't never come forth. So, so you know, El Shaddai is the feminine side of the Godhead, if you want to look at the uh, at the uh, the scriptures called the Holy Bible. And well, I, El, I, I El understand Shaddai what you're talking about, the scriptures. Called, I've read it front to back several times, and I've probably got just as much time in it or more, because I've been... I'm over okay. 55 years old, and I've been studying for a long time. And you can say what you want to. It says a wise man changes his mind often, but a fool never does. And I'm not calling you a fool. I'm just quoting Scripture. And But what I'm saying is I was headstrong in the Scriptures just like you were at one time. But, I mean, you don't just find it in one book. I mean, you can go to every religion in the world. They're all saying the same thing. The only difference is... They're telling it from their culture and the way they were brought up from where they're at. But That's all because El Shaddai thing. is called wisdom. El Shaddai is called wisdom. And we're told wisdom is the principal thing, and we are to get wisdom above all other things. This has nothing to do with the flesh. This has to do with the mind. 
and she is the feminine aspect of the Godhead, and she is wisdom. That's yeah. right. She, she was in the upper room, too, the Shekinah. Of course, she's the glory of the man. The glory of the man is his woman, and he steps back no, no, and no, says, no, no, behold, no, no, my woman. The glory of the man is, I know what you're saying, but, well, she is the glory. Right. Well, all I'm saying is, is that, is that you know, you can put two men together and try to get a child, and good luck. You put two women together to get a, try to get a child, good luck. You know, good luck. Take, oh, yeah, you can, you, you can, you can do a uh, little test tube action or whatever, but whatever. Good luck. You know, you need a man to deliver the seed, and you need a woman to con- to receive, conceive, and bring forth a child. We need each other. But the man is not the head of the household. Not in my not in my estimation. I think that the uh, that that we are co-equal. In fact, my wife does many things that I can't do. Um, she does them better than me. So in, in that regard, she leads. In other regards, I do things better than she does. In those regards, I lead. And and anybody who would say that's wrong, in my estimation, is a fool because the one who has the knowledge leads. All right, she's the one that had the children, and she's the one that really rears them up, where the man goes to work, bring and provides for the family and things like that, but it's really the mother, and the kids are tied closer to the mother than they are the father, because she bore them. There's a, there's a, a closeness there that you can never break. Yeah, I agree with that. Really. Not necessarily. But, but, but I agree with what this man just said, too, because... I work at home now, and I spend I spend just about as much time or more with my children today. So, so it's not necessarily true, um, but I, I hear where you're coming from. Most studies have proven now that uh, male is the most important aspect in the child's life. He gives no. stability to the child. Children that are raised without a dad are psychologically misfits. Right. No, they're not. No, no, I agree no. with that. There has been too many studies in this area. I can speak from a, a experience. I've known too many children, fatherless. Well, I don't know where you're meeting those children at, but I'm telling you, they're not all that way. You cannot say that. I mean, there's a lot of people, when they have both parents, and there's a lot of misfits that way. So you cannot say that. There's been too many studies done on matter of fact, you just another one today. You know, the, them studies that the, the, the so-called psychologists and everybody are putting out there, they're learning a doctrine that the state put forth for them to go by. And if you don't agree with what they say about that, and you can't have a license, and if you did have a license, they would revoke it. So you cannot go by that either. You know, you need to go by the the government on your own shoulders. What I mean by that, you need to I've bring done that, to- too. And I said my own experience from around 70 years. Okay. Well, there can be a father in the home, and he's not there either, you know. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'm not yeah. saying for yeah. the father not to be there. That's not what I said. 
but it's the mother that spends most of the time. Sure, the father's there. He's going to help, uh, you know, guide the child, but it's the, the relationship between the mother and the child is deeper than the father and the children. Not that the father don't love them or don't care well, for them. it should or be. Vice versa. You know, there's been studies the way women give birth now. You know, they grab the baby away from the mother right away. Uh, a lot of women don't breastfeed. You know, uh, they and more cesarean sections. Right. All that, that ties into this. Yeah, it, it all ties in, right? Yeah, but the reason why is, I mean, usually when a woman has uh, a child. They like you said the cesarean sections and all these other things, and they take the child right away instead of, you know, the the placenta and the blood, all that nourishment. They make sure yes. they cut the umbilical cord right away instead yes. of letting them get all those nutrients that they need. Right. Not just it's the binding. It well, takes that, away. they're taking the placenta and the the blood from that and all the. Uh, Neonatal cells and stuff that's left over, and well, I don't want to get into all that, but they're doing things with it. Yeah, they collagen. That's what all the women's um, cosmetics are made from. When it says collagen, that's what you're getting. But but I think you're missing something. The love that that child receives, okay, is greater, okay, than whether they have a. Uh, a biological mother or a biological father raising raising them. That love is much greater. And I think that's what you're missing is the love. And the whole world needs love. Right. And that's what, you know what? For, that's what you're forgetting. Exactly. And that's what you're forgetting in this uh, Western civilization culture and the teachings that are coming from the universities. You know, my wife told me a while back when I was about ready to lose everything and I, you know, I I went from basically spending money like it came out of a tap to looking at bankruptcy and losing everything. She said, if we have to live out of the back of a van and start all over again, that's what we'll do. And I told her, I said, you just empowered me to go chop down mountains. So you don't even know what you've just done for me. And the point is, is I read Proverbs 31 to my wife, and I lift her up. Even when I don't feel like doing it, I still do it. And you know what? I don't really, it's a kingdom of consciousness. That's what we're talking about on this call, kingdom of consciousness. And and And, and my wife personifies the being of El Shaddai. And I personify the being of Yahweh. And I'm not Yahweh and she's not El Shaddai. But the two of us coming together as one personify the Godhead. And so I look at my family and I look at my children, the sons and daughters of God coming forth from our union, and we walk it out. And I don't really care what anybody else says. I, I don't know what you just said, though. You're not the, uh, she's not the, what do you call it, of El Shaddai? And you're not the, what, of Yahweh? Yeah. How can you be a son or daughter of? He is more. What I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say is that, is that 
we personify and we act out these roles. We I, Romans one twenty tells me I can know the Godhead by the things created, and so I, you know, in the flesh, you know, you might argue that the flesh is divine, and but I'll, you know, I argue the flesh decays; it grows up like grass and goes back to the ground. Sure, it, it lives. It lives on in something else, and you know you could take that to ad finitum if you'd like, and that's fine. I, that's fine. Okay, but this kingdom is a kingdom of consciousness, and yes, and whether or not somebody says that this word or this word or the other word, and you not used it proper, and it's that no, that's magic. That's magic, and I don't have anything to do with. Uh, uttering magical spells. That's not. That's not what I. I'm about <laughs> character, authority, um, renown. This is. This is a way. This is a way of life. This isn't. Hey, let me utter my quick magic spell and wave my Hollywood, and I'm going to get the desires of my heart. That's not. You know. Maybe that's what you're. I mean, I, I don't think that's what and you're. How about, did you get the, How did you get the magic? I, I think Jim was telling you that you are those two words. That's of what I'm course. telling you. Are, you are the creator. Whether you want to believe it or not, you are that creator because you you can create just like he does. You said we're made in the very express image and likeness. You cannot be separated from the creator at all. And the word magic is, uh, the root word is magi, and that means yes. a wise person. And we all do magic every single day. Yeah. When you if pray, you speak, you're, you're if you casting speak at a all, spell. You're, you're doing, yeah, it's the gospel, ghost spell. Yeah, the ghost spell. That's what it is, the ghost spell. Going all the time. And I like I like what you say, but I yes. put more emphasis that the flesh and the spirit are equal. You know? Well, I don't, there is a, I don't there is put, a scripture I don't put that says spirit, that. I don't put spirit are, above the flesh. I see the creator and the created as one. I can't see the flesh and the spirit as the same, uh, Gypsy, because the right. flesh does not live forever. The spirit does. Yeah, but you but, cannot cannot destroy matter. So in in a sense, it does live forever. Matter, no, but, everything but, but, everything is transmuted. It's alchemy. We, it's transformation. Transmutation. Even if we go into alchemy, the alchemy is the spirit still goes to the dust. Uh, even yeah, the microdose of something. Yeah, but even if you go to the dust, you become part of the earth or the tree. But or, the spirit, but um, the spirit remains. Yeah. Uh, it says that we sing at the dawn of creation. Now we're here at this point in time, but yet yeah. it says that we sing at the dawn of creation. Therefore, we were there then. Yeah. For right. Just this last created. week, the scientists and decided it's, that, it's, that, it's, that. Wait a minute! I want to say something. Okay. It says that only God hath immortality. Okay. Now, yeah, let's finish what I'm saying. Oh, okay, go ahead. Hurry up. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is if God, he alone hath immortality, and we were there in the beginning, and we sing at the dawn of creation when all this was created, so therefore we have immortality also. So we and the Creator are one and the same. But not in the flesh. Not in the flesh, 
we are the creator in the flesh because this, this flesh spirit, is just we, the, the flesh the is just the temple to carry it's, us around in. Yeah, it's Remember, the we're all aspects or facets of the divine creator. The body is an avatar. And just this yep. last week, the scientists finally figured out that the universe had no beginning. Dun, 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 dun. It's always been and always will be. And so right. are we. Exactly. Even though this exactly. body changes out, we're still going to be. When, when it's time for us to give up our ghost, and it says no man takes our life from us, we lay it down of ourselves, and we're able to take it up again. And we have several times uh, down through history and beyond that, before that. Well, and then that's what I'm trying to say, is that is that I'm, I'm equal with you and you're equal with me, and I don't really care if you call yourself a woman or you call yourself a man. And I'm not going to lift you up above me. Although your happiness is, is part of my purpose, I gain great happiness by making you happy. Believe it or not, it's it, that's the reason why I do, and I'm sure it's the reason why reason why you do whatever you do. And but I'm not going to lift you up above me. I'm going to meet you on the plane of equality, and that's just the way it is. And I mean that's that's my conscience. That's your own and, choice. I ain't asking nobody to lift me up anywhere. I don't need anybody to do that. So that's I do what I'm saying. So, so, so the idea that the feminine is above somehow above the, the masculine, to me, is repugnant, and that's my consciousness. Well, that's that's you. That's the way you were brought up. That's all I can tell you. But I'm going by what it says in the the text. Well, and but what's conscious is spirit, and not just the Bible. I'm talking spirit. about the ancient text. The subconscious. What if the Tim, forget your, forget your text, all of your reading, your teaching. What right. do you feel spiritually as far as the man and the woman? You're married. Uh, how do you feel personally? I feel that we're on the equal plane and that there's some things that she does much better than me and she does. And, and only, a fool would, only a fool would say, no, I'm going to lead in those areas. You do them better than me. You lead. And some I understand things I do that, better. Joseph. Joseph, I understand that from you, but I'm trying to get an understanding from Jim. Oh, I see. I see. Go ahead, Rocco. I didn't hear you. How do you feel? I forget your reading, your studies, the texts, and all of that. How do you feel? You're married between you and your wife. Are you equals? Are you above and she's below, or she above and you below? What is your 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 feelings? No, we're created equal, but I love my wife, and believe me, I do whatever I can for her. You know, you you have to, you know, same way with my kids and stuff, but my wife's my mate. I'm supposed to be there for her and and show uh, show her that I love her and, you know, reverence the things that she does and everything like that. But do you feel that she is your equal? Yes, she is. Okay. Okay. Well, I never said that she wasn't equal. He's the one that's saying that. No, he but didn't. I'm just telling you what they said. They esteemed them, the women, above the men back then. Whether well, he wants to accept it or not, that's his problem. He's got a problem with authority. That's all I can say. No, but I'm it doesn't matter about... if it comes from a man or a woman. 
or even a child sometimes, because it says a child will lead you sometimes. Absolutely. But it's people's got all these idiosyncrasies about stupid shit, and pardon my French, but that's what it is.
So what? It's, it's all an illusion. Because everything right. the goes on. Yeah, you everything move on, you go get another body. Okay, what, yeah. what game, you know, you might decide to be a bad guy next time. Well, I'm everything that we're seeing and understanding is an illusion. Yeah. Right. Like they say, when the, the, the archer takes and shoots an arrow, yeah, they said the arrow never moves. <laughs> it's the the time lapse between that that you you believe that it's moving. But I mean, just look at the body. How I mean, can't you see God in the in the way the body works? And yes. I've also had, I mean, what, what a machine! Also, it's an incredible machine. I've also yes. seen God when somebody passes away and transcends, uh, goes on, and felt it. Yeah, I have too. Yeah, it used to bother me real bad before I understood that when somebody died. I mean, of course, you feel sad and things and miss them, and uh, but because of the old way of thinking and the way the churches got you to think well they're going to hell or this or that or whatever the case may be and but when you come to the understanding it you know like Paul said I believe it was for me to to live is Christ for me to die is gain which means we go back to our true nature of who and what we really are while we're here we're here to wake up and understanding gain that knowledge to go further. The next time around, we may, like you said, we may come back as a either a woman or something else. Who knows? But we've been here several times. That's where deja vu comes from. Doesn't Scripture say it's given once to man to die? So how can you come back again? That's, I didn't respond to that uh but uh, hey, that's that's another illusion. It's not a reality within me. Uh, I've heard it, and people have spoke on it. Read, uh, I've read a lot about it, philosophers and what have you. But nobody has really come back and explained that. Well, I'd like to explain something to you, and you tell me what uh, this means, okay? I went to a hospital here a few years back, okay, and to the emergency room. This Indian doctor gives me a shot of some type of medicine, and it's supposed to take, they said, anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes to administer. He just took it and shot it right in me, and he flatlined me. In other words, I was clinically dead according to all their machines and everything else. And I sat there, even though I could not say nothing, I couldn't see anything, I heard everything. You weren't dead. Well, my heart wasn't beating, so I wasn't That's dead. Anything you... Listen to Look what I'm saying. Animals in, in nature that can slow, like the salamanders and uh, frogs and stuff, they can slow their heart rate down to them. It's like nothing. And yet they don't die, and they stay there, and they hibernate. Some, uh, like the uh, cicada, it's a bug. 
goes in the ground ten for seventeen years, then comes out. I understand out. that, but that, this wasn't the case. Okay. This well, the- you're, you're talking principle, and you're on the same principle. Principles never change. Well, you can say what you want to, but I'm just telling you. Uh, I did not have a heartbeat for a while there, but yet I heard my son and my wife talking to the and screaming at the doctor for what he did, and also they called the nurse in there and uh, they asked him why they had flatlined me and that uh, I was no longer alive, according to them, because they checked me. But yet I heard everything I couldn't. You heard talk. everything. You weren't dead. You see, that's an illusion that those machines. Right. You said everything's an illusion. But you don't know. You weren't there, okay? You're not a doctor, so how can you say that? How can I say that? Yeah. Because you, your own words are saying it. You heard everything that went on. You couldn't hear everything that went on if you weren't there, if you weren't de- if you were dead. You well, wouldn't able to recall it because you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't know it. How do you know that? Have you ever did that? Have you ever died? No, because I'm never going to die. I've known that since I was a little boy. When I was, my mother first told me about death. When I had a dog, two dogs, one in the family. One was the family dog, one was my own dog. And they were poisoned by a neighbor who killed a lot of them that year. And... That's the first time I learned about death, and I was only about five years old. I threw a fit. The older I've gotten, the more I know. I'm not going to die. That's what I saw the people that wanted to sell me life insurance. No, I don't buy life insurance. I don't even have any any paperwork for this system. I'm not even a citizen of the corporation. I walk by Yahweh's face. Is that that me all the time? Is the fear on the phone? No. Mm, okay. I don't know if Safira is on here or not. I used I don't to know a woman. I used to know a woman that went by Safira or hell. I don't know if she still goes by that or not. But yeah, when she comes on, yeah. or Silver Otter. Well, I don't I'm, know what what I'm handle she Otter. uses. Huh? That's that's you, Gypsy, right? Yeah. Yeah, I figured that. When I call oh. in, that I am back. Oh, okay. I used to know a woman named, so she called herself Safira Orell, and I, I didn't know if that was because Gary mentioned a woman named Safira on the call, and oh. I, I didn't know if that no. was her or not. Huh? Yeah. We all know Safira. Oh, okay. And from what you're talking about, sir, I understand what you're saying. Spiritually, the the true you is will never die. But the body will change out. Eventually, yeah. it will change out. A good example There's is a changing the avatar. An eye when he returns, and I believe it's going to happen very soon. And those that, you know, see when, his coming. When who returns? Who? Huh? When who returns? Well, according to the scriptures, says our Savior, Yeshua. No, that, that ain't going to happen. Instead of... Going up in a rapture. Because all the things in Scripture are a bunch of BS. You're saying you're in your life. Everything, all this, all that's laid out in Scripture, it's amazing. All has been fulfilled. There are a couple of Scriptures left. No, 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 it has not. You tell me what's been fulfilled. Tell me. Tell me one of them that's been fulfilled. 
Well, you want to go through Revelation? Yeah, let's go to Revelation. Chapter. It's all. They're all. It's all been done. What's been done? Tell me. Be specific. Because believe me, I know the scriptures. Okay. How about the trumpet? Yeah. Which one? I don't know. I I can't think right now. I do not believe that um, anybody is coming back. I do believe that in studying the ancient histories and astrology, and I'm not an astrologist, but every 25,000 years, Dynasties, 25,920, that's a cycle, yeah. Dynasties come, dynasties go, and there will be a reset. Maybe the reset is what people call revelations. <laughs> Revelation means the revealing of the Christ, the Christian aspect that's within the body. And for, those that, for those that believe that concept, yes. Yeah, but well, no, what I'm trying to say is, you know, the seven seals that no one could open except that they, they was not found in heaven or in the earth, save the one they call Jesus. No, it's talking about the Christ, the Christ, the chrism aspect within the anointed mind that's within us. And the seven seals are your chakras. But they've turned it into some where the, you know, the white horse, the red horse, this horse, and that horse. And those have all happened. The rider and the red horse, communism. It's always it's been happening now. since Christ's right. time. Right. There, 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 there's been 25, at least 25 Jesus Christ uh, <laughs> that, that can be recorded. The Hindus long pre- uh, 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 were before Jesus. The, the Buddhists. There's all kinds of uh, different philosophies. If you go back to what they call Egypt, which Egypt is was actually the mother, uh, uh, was the child of Nubia, okay, and the grandmother of the of Ethiopia. All of these particular life belief systems existed. And the Ark of the Covenant is supposed to be hidden in Ethiopia. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Well, you know who you know who the Buddha is, right? I'm the one that shared the truth to Gary about the, who Buddha was. That's Buzzy, Ezekiel's daddy. Read the first chapter of Ezekiel. He okay. Went he went to India. All right, but wasn't all right, wasn't he the uh, uh, was it? They call him the uh, Sarkesh Siddhartha Buddha. Wasn't he a son of Isaac? No, he wasn't. Ezekiel's daddy. I know who Ezekiel was. Named Buzzy. He was the first Buddha. Buzzy. Yeah. Buzzy. Buzzy. Not, uh, not Buzzy. Yeah, he was a high priest in, in Israel. Wow. We understand that, but when they say the Asake Siddhartha Buddha, the Asake uh, Siddhartha Buddha is the son of Isaac. They better check it out. 
Well, everybody has, I think everybody has got through history his story. And what we have to do is look at the cultures of those that preceded the Western civilization and understand their cultures as well. And somewhere in the middle, we get a revelation of what we feel is. Well, the Western civilization, or you want to use the Caucasian civilization, has only been here about 7,500 years. There you go. Yeah. We are newcomers, too, here. The black race has been here, according to my studies in uh, Asian history records, about 75,000 years, about three cycles, you know, of the Zodiac. They came down here on the dragon ships. That's in ancient writings in China. There's been a lot of stuff put on here. I don't doubt we've been manipulated and lied to all along, but there's a multi-understanding of what's yes. going on. Everything that's written in Scripture has been fulfilled, but just a couple. One of them is his return. The other one, shaking of the earth, where it's going to reel to and fro. Well, the earth is reeling to and fro right now. Scientists know that because there's been a shift in the magnetic poles. That's well, part I agree of with you there. But the, the return that you're talking about, it ain't. It's not going to be some person they're calling Yeshua or Jesus. It's it's the awakening of the men. We cannot go into the golden age, which is supposed to happen. That's during the age of Aquarius. Yeah, that's when the when the our molecular changes take place, our DNA, the whole bit that'll happen. <clears throat> there will be those that'll be raised up that are the first sons. Okay, they're the ones that will be one. The ones enlightened, that's what you're teaching about. Those that into the higher realms of the understanding. They are the first fruits. Yeah, but you're thinking that there's going to be a literal resurrection of people. And there, there is not. Was it the time the shoe was, was slain? So you there think there's... 500 to walk Jerusalem. Do you think there's... You think the one you're calling Yeshua... Who was really hung on a cross and died and all that? He's hung stuff. on a tree. That's a that's a lie. Well, uh, whether it's a tree or whatever, do you think that really happened? There's documentation. I've seen it. The cross of matter. Everything that they have on what the man that they call Jesus, there is not one bit of history whatsoever of. I'd like you. to see that documentation. I've never seen it. I heard a lot of people on the Internet, you know, mouthing it. But I've seen other documentation. No, no you, there's no possible way because there is none. And even the people that are putting it out there said there is none. That they're only going by word of mouth. Now, I'd like to know the one you've seen. <laughs> or, or, or a or, I'm not trying to be facetious or degrading. I really want to know. If you if you have one, when believe me, uh, I, you know I know. Let me just put it this way: in my younger year, I I climbed pretty high in the Catholic Church, and I'm not Catholic whatsoever. And I found out things that most people probably would never find out about them. Oh, uh, I probably could talk a lot of things about it with you too, because I know a lot about it. Oh, I, I think mean, we have to pass pass some mushrooms around or do some ayahuasca because when people are I'm not, I'm not trying to they always see a blue serpent I mean, woman never, 
if you have a document or know where I can go see that document, believe me, I would like to do that. Don't you go within? All the time. Well, then you should be able to find out. Yeah, uh, believe me, I have. I've had out-of-body experiences, and, you know, I've had conversations with... Right. You know, I'm only on this phone call because of what Yahweh has done in my life. And as talking about the reset, I only got involved personally in the, this global reset because Yahweh told me. The Spirit told me. And this still small voice has spoken to me since I was a little boy. And he's never lied. He never lied. He even spoke to me like we're talking right now and named my boy. I had nothing to do with it. I can tell you miracle after miracle happened to me since I was a young baby. When my house, I was just uh, uh, not even a year old. And I was in the house with my father. The entire house burned up with us in it. My mother was happened to be at a church, and they told her to go home because her house was on fire. And when the firemen were there already putting the fire out, by the time my mother got home, uh, it burned, it consumed everything in the house, ex- even the bed that we were laying on, except where me and my father were laying down. Not a hair on our head was singed. And the firemen said, didn't want my mother to go. They said, it, it's too late. They're, they they can't be alive. She didn't want to accept that. That's just one instance. And I can go on and on and on. And, and you talk about that still small voice. I've heard that voice in an audible voice several times. I mean, just like I'm talking to you now. No one else heard it, but I have. It has never never led me astray in anything. You know what it told me? It said, you open your mouth and I will fill it. Don't worry about what they're going to say to you or do to you. But when you tell them, you tell them, thus saith the Lord. Well, not the Lord. It says, thus say, I said Lord, but it's, thus says Yahweh. The divine aspect within us, which is the higher state of consciousness of man, that's the true us. This body is just to carry the true us around it. And we are actually beings of light. You know where it says uh, in the scriptures where David's or uh, Saul's armies, Saul's army was numbered? Mm-hmm, right. Did you ever count up the the number of his army? I, I don't recall the, the exact figure. It's 168,400. Isn't that the known speed of light? 186,000. Yeah, 186,400. Yeah, all those numbers that are in Scripture are all prophetic because they all tie into things that are in the microbes. I understand, but what I'm saying, that is the, as we know it, that is the very uh, right. known speed of light. It's telling right. it's higher. Right. And congealed light is blood. Is <coughs> the light. Now, every, everybody's personal, individual, spiritual experience 
is totally individual and it's all valid. No, I don't believe there's two people on the planet that are ever going to have the same spiritual experiences. You know? I agree with you. We can be seeing the same thing and looking at the same thing. But yet my interpretation and what I see is not going to, your story is not going to be exactly like mine. Because right. we're, different, we're different facets of that diamond, so to speak. Right. Absolutely. We are part, so we're looking at we the same part. thing. You're seeing it from a different perspective or angle of light than I am. Right. And, you know, like the near-death experience, science has proven if they put a probe on the temporal lobe, they can stimulate a near-death experience. And you will experience what you believe. If you believe in Jesus, you will see Jesus as you're dying. Or if you believe in Buddha or whatever you believe at the time of your death, that's what you're going to experience. That's that what's is correct. In your mind. And so we can read a text, you know, a, a certain scripture, and it'll mean different things to different people. And spirit feeds us the way it needs to feed us, you know. So all points are valid. Yeah, and we're this to keep us from, I guess, at the time of death, where you don't uh, just outright freak out, I guess. <laughs> no, we are all part of the whole. I agree. And we have to respect each part. Right. There, should be, no, there should be no arguing. We're only sharing our interpretation, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not arguing. I know maybe it seems like I'm pushy. I'm not trying to be. But uh, when I was, when you were talking about the goddess earlier, I was just saying what I've read in the ancient texts and other things, how they esteemed, you know, different things, the women and this and that, the goddess aspect and everything. Then it led into that other stuff. And those, all those cultures are not Caucasian. They're other races. They're not the Caucasian. Tell me, tell me what you think about the Caucasian. Now, the Caucasus Mountains were in Turkey, right? And Caucasians are the white people. I take it that you're. They were. They were called. They were. They but were called Caucasus the Mountains, and that name they were given as they left Middle East and went through into Europe, and their names were changed. New, they were known as the. The Omri, I mean, there's numerous names. I've got charts, books, and the whole bit. There's, there's they were known as been what? hundreds of books written on this subject. What were they known as? The Ari, A-R-I. Okay. And then, and then it come down later on as the Aryan or Aryan, and the, you know, and but they they were known in ancient times as the Ari. Right. Over in India, you have a class system, you know. Because the Aryans ruled over there at one time. And that's where you get the bigger white man from. I, I think they rule because all them India books, they're all printed in London, England. How do you like that? All these gurus and swamis and all your Indian texts are all printed in England. Yes, but... What a hoot. Hey, that's, that's, that, no, that's only because of the English occupation of... Right, they, they went over and ruled over it. I mean, you can take a look at that and say that in the Christian Bibles. All Nelson publishers and all them, they're all owned by Jews. 
those that we call today, you know, that sandbox over there that claim to be from the house of Judah, but are not, but from the synagogue of Satan, as it says in Revelation 2, 9, 3, 9. Yeah. And in their own writings and, and their own publications, now their DNA, they have no connection to the Semitic people or the scriptural people. Hey, can I ask you a question? Do you know who wrote the the King James Version of the Bible, the 1611? Oh, uh, yeah. Bacon King James has won the authorized Bible. No. Government, no. First government authorized Bible. He hated no. the Geneva Bible. Was, King James, uh, well, let me back up a little bit. Uh, Sir Francis Bacon wrote, uh, put the Bible together. Uh, King James wanted a updated version, and he wanted it written so it could be ruled by the divine right of kings. He hated the Geneva Bible that had been published by Gutenberg. You know what happened? What? Well, let me explain something though. Yeah, explain it. King uh, King James and Francis Bacon is. Uh, Sir Francis Bacon and 70 different scholars put the King James Version Bible together, commissioned by King James. Right, and those, those so-called scholars were also the ones we call today Jews. They weren't scriptural Jews. I know about I understand that, but what I'm trying to say, the, the, the Catholic Church uh, rewrote it according to what they were putting together and their beliefs and stuff, it's its not the same because King James and Francis Bacon were brothers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wasn't, wasn't they, uh, Bacon they was also a homosexual. They were twin yeah. brothers. And he was uh, Francis Bacon, uh, or Francis Bacon wasn't a homosexual. I, I said King James was. Well, his brother might have been, that, that that may be. But, you know, the one they call uh, uh, Queen Elizabeth I, or, you know, the Virgin Queen? Right. Those were her children. Mm-hmm. She wasn't married. She, she gave them to her relatives to raise. And, uh, and uh, Francis, which he goes by another name, which was William Shakespeare, that's why that that's, famous story always says to be or not to be. That yeah. is the question. There's still that's debate what, on whether that Bacon was uh, Shakespeare. No, there's that's evidence both ways. There's evidence both ways on that, so that's open. I, I agree with you. There is still debate on that. I've read much on that. There's much debate as far as Shakespeare and Bacon. Well, I'm just telling you, they were brothers. So we'll create it. We'll create We're not arguing that. We're, you know, uh, the Shakespeare being Bacon is what he was saying, and I agree that, that that's still open. But as far as King James and uh, Francis Bacon being brothers, yes, I I understand that. That's not. That's, that's yes, they were twins. But what I'm saying I, but is, I've read. That's why my son is. They were they were, uh, like I said, Queen Elizabeth the first children, and Francis was the, I guess, the first one that come out a few seconds earlier, but that his famous quote, to be or not to be, that is the question, he always was wondering if he was going to be the king or not. Obviously, it didn't turn out that way. His 
twin brother got it. So who created the Caucasian race? They appeared suddenly. Was that if you read scripture? Was that Adam and Eve? And at them, it means he was ruddy red in the face. Right. At, you know, the white Caucasian was actually second Genesis creation. There was already other races of people here long before Caucasian a white race was ever, you know, a Semitic race was ever brought here. He appeared suddenly? According to all the records, you... You know, white people just all of a sudden appeared. They, there's no, you know, transition. Well, I read... Like uh, Meg and the man, you know, and such. The there's class, no transition into them. They, 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 they appear suddenly. I read in it, uh, a theory that under the last uh, cataclysm that uh, they went to Mars, okay? And they stayed there, you know, four or five hundred years or whatever, until the earth got balanced again. And they lived underground in Mars, so they never saw the sun. So by the time they came back here, um, they weren't used to the sun anymore. And that's why they were white and they went underground. Yeah, that sounds uh, like out of the black uh, theologians out there trying to claim that uh, the the white people stemmed from them and they got, uh, oh, what's that disease? Uh, it's in the scripture. It slips my mind at the mo- moment. Um, oh, they got a down in Louisiana. They got they have a, a leprosy. Yeah, they have a leper colony area down in where they used to send people. You know, had leprosy, and this is what the blacks claimed that the their people got leprosy and they turned white. What a crock! But this is what's being pushed all over. You know, this is Jewish disinformation from the Antichrist. But the, you, one thing I think that you have to look as far as recent information as far as uh, the astrological, I mean, the um, investigation of Mars, they have found that there were people of, uh, uh, that looked just like the people uh, in Africa, okay, uh, the remains of those. Now, recently, in fact, this week, they are saying that uh, they have discovered also a dinosaur, a skeleton of a dinosaur on Mars. Now, you won't find that on American television, but if you go on the Internet... On right, right, the- right. Yeah, I understand. See, if you read Scripture, you'll see that there was battles in the heavens. And there was battles there tens of thousands of years ago. There was battles yes. on the moon. You know, the, the, the uh, asteroid belt is the remnants of a planet that was destroyed in these battles that took place. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Right. This is all part of it. And see, we're at the age where this is to be revealed. And the scripture is going to put it out. We're, we're the ones that are going to see his return. And I've been looking for his return because I've already seen him. He already visited me once when I was a child. I'm looking no, forward to get back again. In other words, you believe in the the, the uh, Galactic uh, Federation. Uh, uh, yeah, Federation or whatever they call it uh, that is still in control. Well, one third of the angelic host, what sided with who? The fallen one. We use that they, they, to use that term. Satan was well, Satan means adversary. 
Samuel was one name he was called. Yeah. Right. I now, understand what you're talking about, brother, okay? Yeah, well, this is all written into this, and it's being revealed now to those that have ears to hear and eyes to see. Well, and there's another aspect of the spiritual development, which is the elevation of our own spirit, where we can transcend, you know, this physical body. But yeah. there's those but that aren't ready yet. yet. What culture you go back into, you know. They all the worshipped a solar calendar and a solar astral theology. That right. all ties. Yeah, but he, you know, there. Let's not elevate any race or any religion or anything because we know uh, people are good and bad. You know. We're saying that about that. You know, it's so matter, it's one thing about it. It's not a matter of race. It's a matter of spirit. Okay, and the individuals. Race was never. It came along until about what five thousand years ago. There was no distinction. There was no separation of man as far as race. What do you think all these wars have been over for the last, you know, 10,000 years yeah. or more? But race race didn't exist 50,000 years ago, 25,000 years ago, 18,000 years ago, and all of that, okay? The Chinese were here. It did, too. What's a race? The blacks, that's a race. It was yeah, the Ostrogoths and the Visigoths and the Burgundians. I mean, no, they were fighting cultural. each other because they thought they were superior than each other. It was a cultural war. It was not a race war. All the all the wars in the last five thousand years have been fought over because of the banking system. The same system we have today was in Babylon. That was over five thousand years ago. Um, and they're the ones that instigated the wars for control and manipulation of the races. Right. We understand that, but it, it is over race too. I mean, because it, I mean, I mean, you if you slapped a Roman back then, there it was instant death. So, I mean, they they esteemed themselves above other races. They considered them dogs. And the Astrogoths, the Visigoths, the Burgundians, the Aruli, they all they all thought they were better than one another. But it was culture. It was cultures, not race. It wasn't race until about the last 5,000 or so years. It was cultures and race. How can you separate them? Because one had food and the other one didn't. They just went and took it. Your culture is your race and vice versa. The most hated culture in the world today is the Western culture. And who make up that? The white people. And who the rest of the world hate? The white Caucasian race. Okay. Yeah, it's not the way around. We are the most giving, caring people in the world. Whenever there's a tragedy anywhere, we always have gone and given. Yeah, the black race. This is one example. If the black race was truly, you know, like they're trying to claim that they're the true Hebrewites, the whole bit. If they were truly that and loving and caring, why don't they go over there and take care of their own people or send money over to do that? They don't because they're not. They they commit ninety percent of the crime in this country now. But you, you can't say that. That that's That's not right. Statistical facts. I keep up with all this stuff. Ninety percent of the war in this country. Who did you say? I repeat the question. I didn't 
catch it. Who did you say uh, the people who are warring in this country are? Oh, I didn't say anyone in this country is warring. I thought you said 90% of the people in this country are warring. The crime in this country is committed Uh, to the blacks. Yeah. You know, you know, brother, you you made a, you made a, you made a comment that uh, I have to uh, address. When you take a look at what they call the law of the land, law, okay, you've got more criminals in your government than you do any place in the United States of America. It's just that they say that it is legal by color of law. I, I have no problem with that. When I was in Ithaca, New York, I did a lot of work for uh, lawyers at Cornell University, and that's probably one of the best law schools in the world. And I debated a number of them, and I even told them, I said, ask them once, I said, do you know what the definition of uh, legal is? And they wouldn't answer. I said, well, to do that which is illegal, unlawful, a trust, or a tort. Now, what are you doing that's illegal? I said, you're violating Yahweh God's laws. That's why the law was put in place. The first laws for marriage were put in place. We didn't need marriage laws. It was so a black could marry a white in Connecticut in the 1600s. It was for being married between races. If they love each other, they should be able to marry each other. Race well, you, if, if you truly love each other, uh, why would you want to destroy your race? I'm not saying that. It's not our choice. It's you can't you can't decide who you're going to fall in love with or not fall in love with. I mean, things happen. I mean, to each his own. You can't because they're of a different creed or a different that's race. That's what happened. Same thing happened yeah. in Noah's time. If you go back and look at Noah's time, the same things are happening today as they happened back then, even genetic manipulation. Well, I want to explain something to you. I mean, I mean, I got a uh, white-colored skin, but let me tell you something. I've got Afro-American in me, okay? Now, you know, that's not something I did. That's something that's happened down in my family tree. I but can't deny that. I, I, I have no problem I, with that. I happen, I happen to be Seneca. Kickapoo and Delaware. Well, I've got I've got Cherokee Indian in me. Cherokee what King I'm trying to say is you can't judge people. By, Who said I was judging? Well, you're saying that not the, judging. I said that's what Scripture teaches. He's not judging. Telling you what he has heard or learned. He doesn't. He's not saying that he believes it. He's just telling you a story. Well, race shouldn't enter into it anywhere. That doesn't. The bigots in government are the ones that cause all that stuff. Cannot ignore the racial issue. Can't ignore the Indian issue. No, I understand that, but when you're saying, "Well, because of the crime, it's all the blacks and all this," I know just as many white people that are doing it as well as Hispanics and the others. Yeah, but the whites are statistics. I'm talking the the government statistics, the cop statistics. This is. Who's all locked up for what? Their statistics have known to have been wrong for years. What it is... I tell you, I live in a county that has one of the highest crime rates in the country. And the ones that commit it 
are the so-called they call themselves Lumbee, well they're not, they're mixed. And the Mexicans and the blacks in this area. Okay, may I ask you a question? May I ask you a question? What is the availability of jobs? What is the discrimination as far as jobs is concerned in that particular area you have that that you live in? Okay. Well, the, the right now the in the funding, process what of the getting ready to hire uh, more people in this new plant that they're going to be putting in, it's a chicken plant because uh, they got some of the biggest mat, uh, chicken and uh, pork slaughtering plants in this area, and that's, the figures that I've found. 80 to 90% of all the workers are Hispanic and black. Yes. You know why? You know why? Okay. It will not hire the, the other there people. There's a reason. The States, uh, and Purdue in, in particular, they bring in Nigerians, they bring in Hispanics, and they bring in individuals that work for a lower wage uh, uh, to work at those particular places. It's also designed to destroy the United States. Yes. Yep, I agree with that. It's all intentional. Yes, yes. it's by design. It's genetics. Yeah, because we got we got plenty of black people who are unemployed in this country. They, you know, they're not, doing that to, to divide the people. Right. So United we stand, divided we fall. And if they can keep everybody fighting amongst each other, that's why they're raping America blind. Well, they're raping all the Western nations blind. Well, that's what I'm, I understand that. But they want but one I, big banana plantation. <laughs> well, what I'm saying, if they can get the, the whites to say things against the blacks and the blacks to say things against the Hispanics and the Hispanics say things against the Asians, next thing you know, everybody's warning each other and the ones in power up there sitting there laughing about it and taking everything they can for away from everybody, all your rights, all your money, your wife, your children, everything. Then you, by the time you get through arguing and fighting, you find out you ain't got nothing left. Yeah, and I'll bet you the king of Africa and the king of uh, Ethiopia and king of Arabs, you know, at the top of the heat, they're all partying together. Yeah, with the, the it's top a cast, 1%. It's, it's, a, it's one war, the haves against the have-nots. That's what yes. it's all about. And they when, have, you take, when you take a look at the EU, the IMF, that have all of these particular that have uh, taken over these sovereign nations, okay, in the Middle East and Africa, okay? Uh, Gypsy, I've got to agree with you 100%. It's to divide, even going to a religious war, to divide, okay? And not only divide, but to create and finance wars against various religions within religions. Wars against humanity itself. Yes. That's but what a reset, a reset is going to take place. I agree 100%. And that's designed and to destroy Mystery Babylon because it's written chapter 11 of Isaiah. When the towers come down, and see, I knew about the towers coming down, and a couple of other pastors I know did too and even spoke about it and publicized it. It says that when you one one hour, 
when they see the towers fall within one hour, Mystery Babylon will fall. Well, that's, I think we discussed this a month or so ago. That figures out 15 years, approximately, based on the 360 clock. Well, it's original. But it also means Babel. So you had 15 years. It means language term bullshit, Babel. Uh, I would like to that. say something to you. And like that's about to take place because you're seeing the collapse totally of Mystery Babylon right before your eyes right now. And this one has to be changed uh, going back to a gold, God, Yahweh's money, gold and silver assets. No, 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 no. You start telling us that like any guy. Uncle Sam, what Uncle Sam's doing is they're, they're, what they're doing is setting these scenarios up to make the people think that, that, that the scriptures are coming to pass. They're propagating all of that. And how I know that, how I know that, because I worked for them for years. I no longer do, and I don't have nothing to do with them anymore, because I know they're nothing but lying, thieving people. Okay, Jim. I'm just saying, I know things that make your hair curl and turn the rainbow, too. They're putting... They're orchestrating all this to make people think the scriptures are coming to pass. There is something that's going to come to pass that they're keeping hid. That's why they keep the overcast over the skies. That planet that? I want to explain something. Let me finish. Uh, what I'm saying is, you you know about the you know about Nibiru, right? Yeah. That planet Nibiru, yeah. Uh, I've known about it for a long time. Huh? I've known about it for a long time. Okay, well, what I'm trying to say is that thing's, it, it's coming around, believe me, it, it, it's here. It, it, sometime this year or the beginning of next year, you're going to see something happen. Scriptures even but, talk about it. Well, what I'm trying to say is that NASA, it, they monitor that, uh, the solar flares 24-7 from now on. They even broadcast it on the news and told the people that they were going to do that. And, you know, the, you heard White Wolf talk about Dr. Doom, Major, uh, I can't think of his name right offhand. Ed Dames. Ed Dames, yes, thank you so much. Uh, where he keeps talking about when the, the solar flares start happening, they're going to happen in a rapid succession, not just one bang. And what's when, if that happens, the the skin will melt off of your flesh and your eyes will pop out of your sockets like the Revelations is talking about. But it, it's things that they're trying to make to come to pass, but Nibiru, that planet, is actually a... It's on its way. It's it's actually a whole solar system. That scripture referred to the nuclear blast of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. My dad was involved in that. Nibiru will cause a, a shaking of the earth and the upright, putting us back up and restoring the canopy, the whole bit. That's all going to be involved in that. And it also says in Scripture, it gives you the months that it will happen. Because our deliverance is in tabernacles, which is in October. And these months are the zodiac signs in Revelation 18, I think it is. And it's June, July, August, September, and October. Your five months. Well, there's a web bot report on... Halfpasthuman.com. 
the guy's been doing this for years, and he comes out and he projected this the computer program projected exactly what happened in Switzerland. I mean, um, yeah, Switzerland recently, and what's happening right now between the 17th and 24th of March, you're seeing a total collapse in this, this system. It's going to happen this month. Well, it, it projected 150 days of, of uh, calamity when this nemesis comes by. This, this planetary, it didn't use the name, but it used this thing as planetary body that comes through the solar system will cause havoc for 150 days, which is exactly what Scripture says. A friend of mine taught on this 15 years ago. It could be more yeah, and, a shift, and a shift of the axis on the earth. Right. Because it says he's going to restore all things. Well, there was a canopy up there, and we had a 360-day year. So our orbit has to change. So there has to be some big body. We were hit by a, a common asteroid body, which is, there's pockets all over. We talked about this before in so North and South Carolina and Georgia area. And that's the exact same line as where it would have to hit something again that pushes upright, which my friend talked about. It. You know, I, just, I, I just read somewhere that the last pole shift that our memories were wiped out. Well, that's so if, if you believe it, that's the that's case. Then where did all the history, you know, disappear? It's, it didn't disappear. It's been hidden in books, uh, Alexandria and all that. Those books, libraries, had li- books that went back 100,000 years. Yeah, the Vatican is a seven-mile library. I think oh, yeah, I think, and they've got I all kinds of stuff. I know that. It, it's 57 miles underground. Wow. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it, because they, they took all of that. So here's a question. Here's my question. Do the controllers, and I've, you know, Joseph Farrell talks about how all the planets are really man-made, okay? And, you know, they name the planets. Man himself names the planets, right? Well, moon, uh, the moon didn't originate here. Yeah, that my is question Apollo. is... They know that. Venus, is, in ancient uh, writings, even that was brought in. It was a comet. Uh, James McCain even taught on that. Right. My question is... Question. The controllers of this planet, do they, like, you know, because we're at the end of an age, do they, every time we're at an end of the age, do they have all these means um, and and the knowledge to reset all this stuff, you know? I'm going to send that. That's a good uh, point, but see, if you read the scripture, it also said Yahweh put a, a bounds, you know, and, and fiery um, swords at the entrance to the pit. Well, where's the pit? The pit is the hollow earth, the inner earth. And this is where most all this UFO activity comes about. And the, most of the UFO activity we have seen, you know, that's been reported through the ages, has all come from inner earth. There's a shield around the earth that you can't go through because it'll kill you. It's like going in a microwave. It's the a Van Allen belt. But there's the one farther out beyond that. And they know they can't go through it with a t- present technology. The only way you can is you've got an anti-gravity machine. Oh, but wait, see, wait, what about the jump There is watchers out there. Flying machines out there. They've been, they've been there for the thousands of years. And they're, no, they're no, 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 no. always fleets. There's a pastor named... He passed away a long time ago, Dr. Wesley Swift, and I just finished listening to one of his sermons 
from 50 years ago, teaching about Yahweh's fleets coming from the far galaxies to here in preparation you, for our deliverance. Do you know who Yahweh is? yod No, not yod Yahweh. Well, that's the Tetragrammaton. Uh, no, not Yahweh is not. He's a warlord in the Old Testament. That's what I think he is. Yeah, it was Tiggy. No, there's one called Jehovah and one called Yahweh. Yeah. In the under God or something? The volcano God? Oh, they claim that Yahweh is the God of Saturn. No, Yahweh was Enlil of the Anunnaki. There you go. All right. And 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 Jehovah, he was known as, uh, uh, no, let me even. Inky was known as Yahweh, and uh, uh, Enlil was known as Jehovah. It couldn't be Jehovah. Jehovah. Enki is Moses, Hermes, Jesus. Yes. Supposedly. Enlil hated men. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Don't ever forget they're fucking brothers, okay? Don't trust nobody. <laughs> well, they had the same father but different mothers. Inky That's why you read Jehovah was a bad God, a vengeful God in the Old Testament because it was Enlil. He wanted to destroy mankind and Inky wanted to save it. Where's going to say that? That I've never read that. You better read the Sumerian clay tablets. There's, oh, you know, there's over five thousand of them. That's not scripture. What? The Samaritans also worshipped gods that came down from the heavens. Who do you think the gods that came down from? The very name Anunnaki means those from heaven to earth came. Right. Those those evil factions that you're talking about, the fallen angels. That was them. And look up Solomon. You better look wake up, up the Solomon Roses, dude. Well, the Sumerian tablets are the oldest known tablets around. Those look up the Caucasians are not descendants from them. Read the epic, epic of Gilgamesh and all of them. You'll, you'll get a rude awakening. And look up the Anunnaki. I've, I've studied all this. Well, I think you better need to study it again because it's there. <laughs> There's there's a gentleman that passed away a number of years ago, and he did a 16-tape series. Now, each one of these albums were six 90-minute tapes, and he called it the Pilgrim Ship Series. And he was one of the first. He, this, he started this probably 40 years ago, but he did his publications back, and it started in the nine, early 90s, late 80s. And he taught on flying connections, the flying saucers and the connections with Yahweh. I understand. How do you think Enoch was able to see the earth and know that it was round? He went up in a spaceship. I know that. Okay. Just like people, they they're, they're, they're say they want to go to Mars. You know, that Mars... Those that want to go to Mars are the descendants from the fallen ones. Those that claim no, to be spouse of Judah, but not for the guys. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They're the ones that go back. They're the ones that are funding all this. You don't know what you're talking about. 
I'm here to tell you, Uncle Sam and them's been there, and Mr. Obama himself has been to Mars. Okay, I know that. Mars. I know that. But who the heck is Obama? He's half Jew. What are you talking about? Uh, George Bush and Obama are cousins. George W. Bush. What did I say? What I've been saying, these are descendants of the fallen ones. Oh, man. Oh. Okay. If you study that far in, you know that, you should know well, that they're I've descendants the of the fallen ones. They're I've not descendants the of true Israel. You can call them fallen all you want. The who, is, who, is true, who is true Israel? It's obviously not the Caucasian. We are true Israel. We're the new kids on the block. I'm talking to that other guy. Yeah. There's been hundreds of books written by people even here in the United States going back. Even our founding fathers understood this. They knew who true Israel is. They knew this was a regathering, this land. Even when the pilgrims came over here, they knew they were going to New Jerusalem, New Zion. Can I ask you a question? Where did the blue eye and the hazel eye come from? The blue eye and the hazel eye? Yeah, because it's, well, it? it's not indigenous to this planet. It's the Freemans on, from Dune, the Frenum. Well, of course not, because it's only among the Caucasians. That's right. And that, and it's, well, I mean, what do you mean it's not indigenous to this planet? The blue-eyed people... There's not a race on this planet that originated here to begin with. Say that again? There's not a race on this planet that originated here to begin with. The black race was brought down here approximately 76,000 years ago on the dragon ships, the fallen ones. And they're from Jupiter. Draco, the Cirrus star clusters, right? The blacks are from Jupiter. The reds are from Saturn. Now, the blacks don't even admit that. Those are the metaphysical studies. Well, the Dogon people, their history, they know where they came from. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Series done back in the uh, early 70s with Spock there, Leonard Nimoy, called In Search of. Remember that yeah. series? Yeah. Okay. He, they even did a series on the... Uh, Dogon people. Even Lowell Thomas did one back in the 50s on the Dogon people. Well, scientists, when they finally got all their good satellites up there, finally found the darn star system that they pointed to, and they knew where they came from. The Chinese records verified this. Wesley Swift taught on that 50, 60 years ago. There's a lot of disinformation that's coming over to hide these truths and distort them to get you to turn against you, the chosen Yahweh's seed. Yes. I would like to he, he, he gave an entrance like to anyone to that, can't, that can come into the kingdom. I would like to propose all the gods go home and let us rule ourselves. I agree with that. Because what, what the one he's calling Yahweh is uh, Inky, and that's the Anunnaki. And because they come from another place, 
the the people thought they were gods, and they they therefore told them they were gods, and they ruled over the people because they were of higher intelligence. Yeah. And uh, Inky and his half sister Ninersag, they they messed with our DNA, and that's where we came from because you had the Neanderthal and the uh, what was the other one? And they they took the DNA from animals and everything else and kept finagling around till they could make something with something and some intelligence. And they found out they made all these other, I don't know what you call mutant things. That's another reason they caused the flood to kill all that off and the giants and everything else. Chimeras, right. Yeah. Well, I didn't believe the whole Anki story until I saw uh, the book called Law, and it was written by Francis Steele in Chicago in 1901, I believe. It was a They took their DNA and put it into us. That's why we therefore have the certain uh, mental abilities, because from Anki's side, I mean, they were they had telekinesis, and they you know, uh, higher spiritual aspects within themselves and their race and their DNA. And therefore, that's why we have the capabilities too. Everybody has it because everybody's been intermingled down through the years. uh, But at the same time... How does Lemuria and Atlantis play with this? This is like a repeat, right? Well, yeah, Lemuria was in the Pacific Ocean, and then Atlantis was in the Atlantic Ocean, and uh, uh, they knew that their doom was coming, Lemuria did. I mean, because they had fallen away, and they did other practices that they were not supposed to be doing and other things, but they foretold their own doom. Lemuria? Yeah. I thought they were the good guys. Why well, do you think were. you were saying that you know Noah's flood and that took place? All these things were destroyed. What by the Creator for a reason? Because they were violating His laws. They're laid down in Scripture. But it might not have been the real Creator. It could have been these warlords that the people finally woke up, saw through the bullshit, and they were rioting in the streets. That was like the whole now. We understand that one third of them are fell with were in the fallen ones that fell with them, all right, two-thirds have obeyed and been practicing Yahweh's ways, or the Creator's ways, or whatever name you want to use on them, okay, on the creation. That was two-thirds, okay? You think they were going to allow the total destruction of what was put down here first? No. There's a lot of stories that go along nice with what in these Star Wars movies goes out there that have got people hoodwinked to believe deceptions. And it says in the last days that, you know, the, the believers, almost the very elect, would be deceived. Well, they well have. I think you better check yourself out because you're not reading certain You're trusting in that Bible that that the, the man wrote. And it, I am in what I talk with my father every day. Well, I do too, 
even while I'm here talking to you, uh, believe me, uh, I'm never mind. But it, I'm, well, I'm, have you ever read a guy named Ivan Panin? Ever hear of him? No. Ivan Panin was, uh, and I, I guess an atheist or agnostic. You want to use that term? Okay. Over a hundred years ago, he decided to prove the Bible wrong because he was a. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 